hey, Max, you look a lot more tan than you did in your picture that I saw from Buggy, uh, from Buggy Land, from the Euros over a month and a half ago. You look like death itself. You look like a vampire. Dude, you, <laughs> your arms were... Day. That Dude, your arms day. were wider than your headphones on your head. <laughs> you look like death. Yeah, that was the first day, but after that, I got some sun, and yeah. Dude, you was you was pale. Like people were calling you Casper. Yeah. Oh, did did you see that I tagged you? And dude, you you was yeah, like abnormally pale. Like I'm looking at your dad; he's all tanned up and all this stuff, and I'm like, Max, you know, sun's good for you. You you should get no, into sun. Skin. Skin can say gonna fuck me, you know. And also, I'm gonna oh, stay. There goes, young. Our, hmm? there goes all the money now. The, what, there uh, goes our first seven seconds. You used the f bomb. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're set to luckily, start it for this podcast. Yeah, luckily, luckily it's in the beginning, so you can bleep it out. <laughs> I'm not bleeping nothing out. But anyway, welcome back, Casper. I think it's time we drop that issue. We have a lot uh, intro. We have a lot to talk about. Buggy land this weekend, and uh, just a little catch up here. So with that said. Let's drop that intro. Nitro is the glory, but eBuggy pays the bills. Welcome to the No Name RC Podcast. Get ready for some serious bench racing. But be warned, we speak our minds, express our thoughts, and sometimes things can get a little rowdy. Hate, and he just was influenced by the hate coming from the left, the hate coming from the right. And let's get back to more club racing and less of this Hard not to be arrogant when you're always right. Yeah. See what I mean? That's exactly why people call you arrogant, Max. You may not agree with everything we say, but it's definitely worth a listen. And our pick, can you stop whatever you're doing? Join your host, Leslie the Great, with co-hosts and guests as they get together <laughs> to chat our city. Hey, after that race that I watched this morning, I have to talk about it. Hundred bucks right here, hundred dollar throw. Oh no! <laughs> I like this. Yes, 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 indeed. Nitro is the glory, but e buggy pays the bills. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 257 of the No Name RC Podcast. I'm your host, Keena White, a.k.a. Lefty the Great. To my left, it's Casper the Ghost. Vampire, the arrogant one, Sir Maximus Mortimus. Hello, Maxi. How are you? I'm good. Um, it's been a while since I've been on a podcast. So I'm like... About a month and a half. Of, yeah, kind of excited. Yeah, Lots I, of I, traveling I, recently, so haven't been uh, able I, to make it for one. Exactly. I, I've been doing some traveling too. I took a week off last week. Um, just, I think you wasn't available. Nobody was available. And I was like, you know what? I'm taking a week off. I was kind of not feeling, what's the word I'm looking for? I was feeling okay, but I wasn't feeling, um, yeah, sometimes when you just ain't feeling it, you just got to take a time, take time off. But what I did do was started uh, remastering and uploading some of the older podcasts, audio only making like the thumbnails for that. Uh, so a lot of people got confused. They're like, 
they thought that these were actual podcasts that I've done now. No, but they're actually some, I'm trying to get all of the, all of the podcasts on YouTube, right? So we have all our live shows. So we have all our live shows and everything on audio and we have them on her as well, but there's about 20 shows that I don't have loaded up her. So if you guys have been seeing me dropping some older episodes, those are shows that aren't on YouTube yet. So what I've been doing is just remastering them through some software that I have and then putting a nice thumbnail with them and uploading them as audio-only podcasts. Some people may have just discovered the podcast and are missing those ones, but my goal is to go through all 256 and do cool thumbnails for them by the end of 2028. So um, all that good stuff. So we just we dropped like the Ghani's podcast, uh, Carson Wernamite, uh, Infinity Kenji from Infinity, which was a great, good chat. Jay Smoker, all that stuff. So lots of old school stuff. Uh, no interviewee this weekend. I'm really desperately trying to get Davide Angaro on this podcast. If you're listening to this podcast, stop ignoring me. Stop avoiding it. Come on to the podcast. He knows he wants to, but it's always next week or this week or next week. I was talking to him today. I was like, hey, podcast? Eh, maybe. You know how Davide is. But congratulations to him because he won Buggy Land this past weekend. A great victory for him. We're going to talk about that more. Uh, before I go on any further, I'd like to say thank you to all of the patrons of the podcast and all the YouTube members and, of course, all of the NNRC squad around the world. We can't do it without you guys. We greatly appreciate the support. Uh, people rocking the stickers, all that type of stuff. I can't wait. Uh, to see, uh, Hopefully, we're going to have some gear by the end of this year as well to start selling next year or later on this year. If you wish to support the podcast a little bit further, you can. There are links for the YouTube membership as well as the Patreon membership in the written description of this podcast and that really helps uh me out helps this podcast out uh please go hit us up on patreon it's five bucks a month if you decide to go youtube member that helps as well uh it helps you know i would i would prefer that this podcast was completely privately funded altogether. we so much we could go then we can go really savage but um uh i do appreciate the people that have to support you guys will get early release of this podcast uh, also, I would like to say thank you to these companies who support the podcast and advertise with us. They are InvisibleSpeed.net. Uh, that deal is over. So if you didn't take care of that, take advantage of that deal, you can't anymore. High Tech RC, Sun Pedal USA, Sidewinder Fuel, Hot Race Tires, Mayako, Beach RC, Techno RC, Clinic RC, Ignite Design RC, been building my gas truck as well, Stacked RC, Donathan RC, Racecraft USA. Shout out to Florida RC. Championships, that's where I'm headed later on tonight. Uh, WRC, Danny Paz. Shout out to my SJ Racing, uh, Gene Stroud, if you want anything built as well. Shout out to my boy, man, uh, RC Body Armor. You know, he sent me some swag here the other day, and I greatly appreciate that. And shout out to House of RC, RCGP, and our drivers, David Ronafalk, Jared Tebow, Robert Badier, Alexander Hagberg, and of course, now the Swingless Wonder, the main Maddie G, who joined me last podcast to talk about the worlds. We need to, we need to. We need to have a quick talk about that, too. We didn't put it in our notes about the 10-scale world championships. Uh, we are coming up on 2024. If you are a company, you like this platform and what we're doing here at the No Name RC Podcast, we are looking for companies that like what we're doing and want to be a part of something cool in a different form. We're not just advertising on a website. You get you get all this plus YouTube stuff plus audio uh, uh, ad reads and whatnot like that. Please hit me up. We are looking for companies that want to advertise with the No Name RC podcast next year for 2024. Shoot me a message, shoot me an email, and I greatly appreciate it. 
Also, real quick, Max, I want to do some shout outs real quick and then we'll get into our catch up. Uh, I want to shout out to Race Like a Girl who had their uh, Future Stars of RC event this past weekend at Redbrush. This is a great event where they get uh, <clears throat> they team novice racers up with like local top drivers and they mentor them. But also something that was really cool was uh, this my buddy Mike Anderson's brother, I believe, Stephen, gave away a I, he had like a Mugen e-buggy that he gave to like a kid that wanted to race. Like he came and he didn't, he gave him that. And uh, I think he gave him a complete buggy. So that was really cool. Shout out to Steven Anderson and Mike Anderson. I haven't spoke to Mike in a long time. I should message him, say what's up. So that was really cool. And uh, I love great initiatives like that done by uh, race. Like a girl, Cardi, Katie Carmendi and her husband, Dave, and all the people down there, uh, all my friends and fa RC family there in the Carolinas. It's a great initiative. Also, look out for Dogs Days RC. They have some more auctions going up as well. I see they have a, a Dakota Fence sign, two-wheel drive wheel. It's all encapsulated in a nice case and all that type of stuff. So it looks great. Got his name on it. Got his logo and all that stuff. All those proceeds go to the St. Jude's Hospital, I believe, if I remember correctly. So go check that out. I want to say happy birthday to some of my friends. Toby Hampson just celebrated a birthday Zach Ryan, who I'm, me and Z so here's what me, Zach, Ben Panic, and Ashushihara are trying to find a time that we can record a podcast because you know, them guys help Asushi get his car back. So Ben is actually traveling to Japan this week, next week, to deliver the car to Atsushi. But between my schedule and their schedule, I, we, we, we cannot find a date where we can all record. And of course, you know, they're in Australia and Japan, so they're in the future. But happy birthday to my good friend, Zach Ryan. Uh, shout out and happy birthday to Athostathalopoulos, Joey Fisher, that crazy, crazy, that guy's crazy. Happy birthday to him. Uh, Felice Complianos, happy birthday to my buddy in Brazil, Josiel Santos. Happy birthday to Tyler Stratton. And of course, my boy, Mr. Clean Freak, he's out there hustling, making money, doing transportation. Zach Thompson, happy birthday to you. I want to say get well to my boy, Tyler Zavadu, who just had another seizure. He's in the hospital. He's going through a rough time. He like had to get back surgery, then he's gonna have a seizures of RC drag talk. Get well soon. And uh condolences to the Alessi family. I see that Jeff Alessi passed away. Now I don't know this gentleman personally, but I know he was brother of Mike Alessi, former motocross supercross star. I know he was involved in RC somewhat. So a lot of the RC people know him. I guess he raced, but he passed away and he seems like a, a young guy. So I'm not sure what happened, but I see a lot of the SoCal racers. Saying condolences to him. So we send our condolences to the Alessi family and the SoCal RC family. Uh, also, I just wanted to do a quick, quick shout out. I looked at the ROCC track, rock track up there in Tennessee. They're having a, a big race this weekend. That looks pretty cool. Check it out. They have some great, uh, great, great uh, track layouts out there. I think it's called their Knoxville. I got something. I can't remember the exact name of the race. Uh, also, real quick. I uh, want to shout out to the team associated second annual Mid-Atlantic Championships has taken part November 3rd and 4th at uh, the track in Gaithersburg. I believe that's where it is in uh, Maryland. Check them out. Shout out to those that are up there. That's an indoor 10 scale track. My boy Enzo will be there. And yeah, that's about it. Max, thank you to everybody for the support. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, thank you for shouting out and happy birthday to all those people and our condolences. And uh, remember everybody, Show the sponsors some love. Show us the podcast some love. We have links for all our sponsors. We have coupon codes. Some have affiliate links. Some don't. But if you do purchase something from any of our sponsors, just let them know that you heard about it from the No Name RC podcast. It helps us out quite a lot. 
So, Max, you have been traveling. You went to yeah. the Euros. Then you traveled around yeah. Europe a little bit. Yeah. So, basically, Euros, um, which didn't go too well for me. <laughs> Luckily, we had planned a holiday after that with my girlfriend. So, after, like, my parents left Spain, they came back with the, uh, the plane. And me and my girlfriend, we went... Uh, we trained to Barcelona, then to um, Marseille, then Paris, uh, Amsterdam, and then through Germany to Sweden and then back home. So we kind of had like an interrail trip after the Euros, which was nice. Kind of needed a break from RC too. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. Um, yeah, so it was good. Uh, so basically a holiday for a few weeks, then straight back to school. I have been having quite a lot of school stuff. Then, yeah, last week has been just like crazy. All kinds of shit happening. We drove to my girlfriend's parents. At, um, it's not northern Finland, but it's north from here. <laughs> so, And then I just came back home from Helsinki. We was at a student event uh, yesterday. So... Yeah, quite a bit of uh, happenings recently. And then I've been, on top of that, I've been a bit sick for the past week. So <laughs> also, it's definitely you, been a busy time. Also, you have a new big job at uh, Mayako, right? You're not, well, that's you're, true, yeah. yeah. I, haven't, I haven't got fully started yet, but we have had meetings with, um, meetings with everyone uh, involved. And yeah, we can talk about that a bit later on. Okay. Um, but yeah, new new things at Mayako, maybe some I think with the invisible speed, and uh, yeah, yeah. That's why I haven't been on the podcast, but I'm back now. Okay. Yeah, and, uh, I, and to be honest, I've been traveling as well. Um, yeah. I just wanted to re- reiterate. Uh, so it's the Rock Racing. I know I said it. I wasn't sure of the name. They're having their 2023 Knoxville. Knox Vegas opener. Mr. Brian Barnett did the layout and that's happening this weekend. So I uh, just wanted to talk about that. That's a great track. I want to visit it one time. Uh, they produced a great racer named Jonah Wilson. So I'm going to just touch one real quick. So as you know, I've been traveling. I'm actually flying out tonight to go to the Florida RC championships, which is taking place at Epic. Uh, I fly out uh, Friday, three o'clock in the morning and get to Fort Lauderdale, meet up with Danny. We leave about 12. I'll be there about tomorrow afternoon sometime and i'm back home and then i come home for seven days and then i'm going to masters of dirt the following week after that so I'll, i leave for that and then that starts a string of races that i'm going to be doing f- to the end of the to the end of november florida copper championships ams i think i'm going i'll be there the other florida rc championship race um fall brawl and there might be another race after that but i'm not going to say nothing yet you know no, i'm just going to hold off on that uh, but that's the possible scenarios for me. Um, that's really has picked up. So this past, I think after the Euros, you're in the world. So I, I got the opportunity from RC Racing TV to join them for something completely different. It was the uh, Horizon Educational H2 Grand Prix. So this was held at the RE Plus Renewable Energy Convention at the Venetian in Las Vegas. <clears throat> and basically what it was, it's this humongous renewable energy convention, dude. When I say there were tens of thousands of people there, there were tens of thousands of people there. 
And this was a race. So these cars are powered by hydrogen. So what it was was 25 teams from of high school students from around the world that participated in this. There was uh, the first time Latin America teams. They had one from Chile, who, funny enough, I knew the sponsor, the main sponsor, RC Adventure. Shout out to Lewis and everybody down there at RC Adventure. I saw the hats. I was like, oh, I've been there. So they gave me a hat, too. I have to. I have it in the house. So I, I, got, I got to see them. And then it was a Dominican team. There was teams from, like, Netherlands, Germany, Bulgaria. Uh, but mostly, mostly there was even a Canadian team, Singapore, Australia. But most of the, the I've said the majority of teams came from America. So what it is, is this is an educational program. It's a STEM, pro, STEM project or STEM program that they have. And these kids have to make these RC cars. Now, they can buy a kit. And there's little fuel cells on them. They have these little things called hydrosticks that have the hydrogen gas in it. I believe they look like little glow igniters, right? They twist one. So now you can take the stock kit and try to modify that, or you can take the fuel cell and all that stuff and put it on another kit. Dude, so anyway, just real quick, I want to do a quick synopsis of this so you understand. So Monday I got there. Also, high-tech was a big part of it. Shout out to high-tech. It was great to, uh, I went out to dinner with everybody from high-tech. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. I had a great chat with them. So <clears throat> Monday I got there. I was a judge. So these kids, each team has to come up and do a presentation and show what they've done. They have three minutes to do a presentation. They have to talk. Some of them don't speak English that well. And they show their cars, what they do, what modifications they made. And then you score them for points and all that stuff. Some of these kids, a lot of these are like one-off chassis that they built themselves. Uh, A couple of them were like actual car chassis. Like the Bulgaria team had a Mugen 10-scale car. And... Then there was this one team, it was who's won it before. It's like a, a really like upper class, rich type of high school student, high school called Waldorf. They were called, uh, they were called, no, not Waldorf. They were called, oh man, I can't remember their name. It will come to me anyway. Definitely, they were from California and they've won this before, right? Oakwood, Oakwood Pink was what they were called. Uh, dude, they were like a little, you would have loved it. They were like pure science men, dude. They had, um, They had a Gen 1 chassis, a Gen 2, a Gen 3. They're like, we have our Gen 4 chassis just in case. And they had like put their, they made a um, body. They put it through wind tunnels. Dude, they had like a little pit thing that they like, they could like uh, make the most out of their pit, like do it as fast as possible. Um, They had their computers out there doing analysts of everything. Oof, pure science mode, right? So how it works is the hydrogen thing they got one battery. They did a two. They did two hour qualifiers. So they got one battery, and then they got like eight hydro sticks for that two hours. And they could come in and pit. So the cars can run on hydrogen, but they're very slow. But what the hydrogen does is it recharges the battery as it goes. Right? Like think of an electric, like how a, a hybrid car works. Mm-hmm. So nude. They did that, and like they did the two hour qualifying. This Oakwood Pink team, like they killed everybody. Then they had a six-hour race the next day, right? That was the final. It was like 15 cars on the track. It was crazy. Dude, I'll never forget. The first day I'm doing, so I'm commentating, right? And there's spectators. So I'm commentating to the stream because it was Matt, Ash, and um, my buddy Ben from RC Racing TV were there. So I'm commentating to the people at home, but I'm also, the people outside can hear me as well, right? Dude, so I'm not used to hearing my voice like that. 
So that was a little weird to get like over that, hearing my voice. I'll not forget the first day I'm doing the first morning I went to do this, Max. There were so many people in this building that data stopped working. Like I had full bars, but data stopped working. When I looked, it was it was when I looked up to from my screen to look out like we was right next to the food court that they had made. There were thousands of people out there watching this. And I was just like, <laughs> so I got a little nervous, but then I got over it uh, and we called the race. Um, the next day was the six hour race and it, it was still a lot of people there, uh, but it was mostly friends and families. And it was a great race. Like the kid from Bo- the, the guy from Bulgaria, he actually races one eight scale on red and off red. So he comes up to him and he goes, hey, are you lefty? I said, like, yeah. And he goes, oh man, I listen to your podcast all the time. I was like, no way. So that was like, and then the, the kid from Singapore knew who I was as well, right? So he actually got out, like he got out in the beginning of the six-hour race, he got out to a big lead, like demolishing that Oakwood pink team. And he was driving so good, like he was making it so hot. He had like 20 laps on him. Because that's how it is, yeah. like 20 laps. And there's lots of laps, but you can make them up, right? Yeah. So the Oakwood pink team was trying to get around him, and he would, he would just make his car wide. And that little Oakwood pink car was good. Like it was, wow, that Mugen was good too. Anyway, dude in Bulgaria broke a servo like two hours in or broke a oh. servo one. It took like 45 minutes to fix. He lost so much time and they had issues. Anyway, the Oakwood Pink team ended up winning. I thought it was a great program. I was, it was, it was completely different than what I'm used to. Dude, they had like opening ceremonies where the mirror of, of Las Vegas was there. All this type of stuff. Everything, like millions of dollars because these people have you know, the money is really in the renewable energy side of things. The RC is just the mm-hmm. vehicle, right? Yeah. So these are companies that are looking at these kids like as future engineers and all this type of stuff, right? For renewable energy yeah. and all that there. And man, these kids take it serious. Like I, the RC nerd of us is like, oh, this is RC, but it's bigger than RC, right? It's yeah. about the renewable energy side of things. And dude, they, these people, that like the all cool people, like the people that have all, like they got Max, uh, the other owner, Camille, like he's all from Czech, Czech Republic or Czechia, which I actually call Czechoslovakia by mistake. So I do apologize. <laughs> uh, but um, to the what, 90s, 80s? Yeah. So they all, like Max is American, but they all come from there and they're just cool guys. And they have, they have figured out some things that we in the RC industry have not figured out. They have figured out how to get RC into many schools. So in over 500 schools, over 2,500 students involved. They figured out how to get big out of RC money involved in RC to an extent. And they figured out how to get RC in front of a crowd of people that not that are non-RC mm-hmm. at this, it's this situation. So they were really, this is the first time that they had real coverage. They were really happy with that. Max comes up to me and he goes, man, I... He says, you killed it. Like, you know, and then like your accent and everybody loves it. And then even like some of the spectators I was talking to, they were like, oh, see, yeah, the guy's calling the race. I was like, yeah. And dude, that, they got big plans. Like they're planning on doing like a Asia championship, a North American championship, a Latin American championship, and a European championship, and then having a world championship, all, all of that. And it's, 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 it's really cool. And after all of that, all these, all these CEOs and owners of these the sponsors that were there, these guys in suits, millions of, you know, billion and millionaires. So they had, you know, after all this was done and the kids kind of went, they had beers and, you know, all that type of stuff. And these guys are driving their sponsor cars around. They're just electric cars, like 
And it was watching these guys in suits, millionaires, just having fun with RC toys. Like they were toy, like just bashing each other and just up there enjoying themselves in the driver's stand. It was a, it was a great event. Um, it was different. Like the RC nerd of me wanted to be at the worlds. You know, the racing nerd of me is like the worlds, the worlds, the worlds. So I'm trying to keep up with that. But it was really good to get exposed to something different. I think they're really happy and it sounds like they have big plans. So who knows what's going to happen next year. And, you know, I got to hang out with the RC Racing TV. Isherwood came down on the last day. Uh, racing RC Racing TV, actually, they had another race uh, the Thursday, so they had to stay. But I left the Thursday morning to go to the Georgia Peach State Classic, which was great up in Tiger, Georgia. It was a good event. Um, who won that? Um, Shucks. Jones, right? Ooh, ooh, yes, Tyler Jones killed it. We should it. talk about that. We, we should talk about that. In the sparkly, sparky, sparkle. Yeah. He, the uh, sparkles. Uh, should, should, should Tyler Jones' nickname now be Sparkles? Mr. Sparkles? Well, dude, he so he went out there in... So there wasn't... I mean, Tebow was there. Uh, Wiggins was there. Seth and Allen was there. And then this young kid, Jonah Wilson from Tennessee, who's really good. But Jones was just fast in Nitro Buggy. He went out there, TQ'd first round of Nitro Buggy, right? Then mm-hmm. the second round, he didn't do too good. But he said in the first round of TQ, he's like, man, that gave me some confidence that he needed. You could see it. Dude, he went out there and kicked it, kicked ass in the 30-minute Nitro Man, dude. Like, his car looked good. Like, he didn't look phased at all. And I think even though, okay, this maybe wasn't the biggest, biggest race, right? With uh, the whole big competition of people. It had competition there, right? Mm-hmm. But obviously, people at the Worlds, and um, there was also another race going on, the Southern Classic, where the old Southern Nationals. But there was no pros there, really. Just B, well, sorry, there was B Res and Little Bumper there. But they probably would have been at this race if they wouldn't have been there. Dude, he was flying. So everybody seems to be excited about the sparkly sparkle. And he um, had some different parts in there. They went away from the upper arms, they went to Lynx. So they got some hubs made like that. And he's, he's, he seems to be very happy with the car. What do you, what do you think about it? Did you, did you watch any of his mains at all? I watched some J-Concepts video, I think. No, not the mains. Um, but yeah, I think I think uh, the Sparko car, they have kind of ironed out the unnecessary stuff from the car since their initial release. Uh, and I think now it's it, like front-end, like pretty close to what Kyosho is old HP, like similar similar geometry. And then the rear end, slightly wider pivot, uh, not a high offset. Um, yeah, so basically something close to a TLR, but if they done stuff right, it might be even better than a TLR. So yeah, I, I mean, to be honest, at this point, it might be quite good. Uh, they <laughs> haven't made the typical mistakes that a lot of these new Asian manufacturers make and uh, they kind of stuck to something quite quite regular but then taking like the good bits out of that stuff I don't think Mm. it's gonna be any like the best car around but I think it it has a lot bigger chance to do well than many of the other you know cars that are coming like I'd say I'd probably put Sparco uh, in front of like WRC especially in America it seems to be a lot of hype around this car. I'm wondering if they're gonna like, like 
like pay him to run that car now. I wonder if they're gonna pay somebody in a map. You think I, they seem to have some money behind them, dude? No, but the thing is, like, a lot of these Asian manufacturers have money behind them, but it's not really like RC money. It's like they own the factory that makes the car, mm -hmm. and they rather put that money into making fucking what do you call it? AirPods, like the cases for iPhones, you know, or something like that. So it's the money they have. It's kind of like business money, mm -hmm. not RC money. Well, we shall see. <clears throat> um, but there's a there's it's definitely some hype around this car. My buddy Mike Kaz has one who came to visit me while I was H2GP. Old school Esquire did, and he is loving this car. And he came from TLR, and he's really liking it. And I think that that is a boost of confidence for Tyler, which he needed, right? And you needed Tyler Jones. We constantly say Tyler's one of these guys who's talented, but hasn't really lived up to his the hype like that he had coming out of PMB. And I, I was happy for him, man. And he looked very relaxed. He looked good. And that was a good event. That that Peach State race, that North Georgia shootout, that Mark Moon and his family, his people, his family and people have go in there. It's a great venue. It is absolutely beautiful up there, too. The temperature, the weather was excellent, dude. The weather was excellent. Like, and I think that that event started to grow more. <clears throat> and it's 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 beautiful. It's just beautiful up there. And I think we're gonna see more people. Going up there, his next event will be the North Georgia shootout, which is uh, in April. So that was my travel. Obviously, like I said, tonight I leave for Florida RC Championships. I can't wait for that. And yeah, man, I think, um, you know what? We're going to pay some bills real quick. And then we're going to come back and touch on the the 10 scale worlds real quick. I mean, I did a whole recap on it, but I wanted to get your thoughts on it as well. So with that said, I'd like to say thank you to Clinic RC and Race Tech Engines for all their support. You guys can go to clinicrc.com to check out their Race Tech Engines or all your titanium needs. Via if it doesn't matter if it's turnbuckles or screws, check out clinicrc.com. Let them know that you heard about this on the No Name RC podcast. Alrighty then, thank you to Tony and Vicky for all the support. They're actually running a track now. They're in Parump, Las Vegas. They had their first race the other day. So Tony is a busy, busy man. Um, yeah, dude, I have never been so happy to be wrong when it came to the 10 scale worlds. I was absolutely blown away that Ongaro went out there and dominated in four-wheel drive like he did. Yeah, that that in some sense it surprised me that he was so dominant but in looking at it now it kind of really makes sense especially after tool drive because well why it, do you think because it just it just fit his style able to slide that car around that track like that or what what, what was not, it that not necessarily it's about the fact that um in general if he went to america to race and he'd use source tires and you know uh like not control tires and stuff like that mm -hmm. he's he's at a disadvantage you know he doesn't race mm. 10 scale especially on that surface now like 
it's not necessarily that it favors those who don't race 10 scale, mm-hmm. but for example, Fend and Ripken, they are used to going out on the track, putting the sauce on, putting their like basic tire on and then dominating. So now for the first time in the last two years, these two guys are being like, Hey, I don't actually know what I should, I should do with my car. So you start to stress out, you like do silly moves, like, and then you figure it out in the end in the mains where you just like accept that, okay, I have to drive a little differently. And yeah, that's why Rivkin was much better in full driving the mains than he was in qualifiers. And to be honest, to some extent, same with Fend. Um, but yeah, Ongaro kind of went in there with, you know, nothing on his mind. I don't think he thought he would win it. He probably thought he might have a shot at a podium in one of the classes, but I don't think he ever thought, oh, I'm going to go there and dominate. But because he went there with that attitude and then the track was new to everyone, the grip level, you know, all of that stuff. And the way the tires handled, it was like, and this is with all pretty much slick tires when you don't use sauce. It's the tire generates grip when you put pressure on it, but then if you go over the limit, it doesn't like you suddenly lose the grip because you go over the limit and then you don't have pressure on the tire anymore. So there's no grip. So basically you have to keep it right on the edge to get the maximum grip, basically drive really aggressively, but then you can't ever go over it. And who's better at doing that than Davide Ongaro, who can basically drive without a rear wing or with slick tires and still beat the competition. So yeah, in some sense, yes, this suited his style, but I think bigger part of it was that it was so, such an unknown to everyone, to be honest. Yeah, uh, I was super hype about it, man. I was like, yeah. I was happy for him. Where does this put Ongaro now? He's back-to-back eight-scale champion. I think he's the first person to win eight-scale and ten-scale in the same year, pretty much. He won it like a year apart. Pavides has won both, but not not in the same time. Yeah, Pavides yeah. won it, but it was 10 years apart. He's also won a 10-scale yeah. touring car championship as well. Uh, yeah. But I think it's pretty amazing that this man does not race this car at all. 10-scale or class is this class at all, and he comes out and, and, dumb, and does well like this. And he wasn't no slouch in two-wheel drive either. Better question, who surprised you not making the four-wheel drive main? It, it's got to be like Mayfield, Tessman, Cavallari. Yeah, um, I'd say Cavallari surprised me probably the most, like afterwards, because he did well in tool drive. Mm-hmm. He was he was in the main solid. He was even, you know, in in the first main, I believe he was even challenging for top top three. So it's a little bit surprising considering that the full drive as the Schumacher is arguably a lot better mm-hmm. that um, he didn't, but. Maybe he's kind of a two-wheel drive driver. Who knows? Um, but um, Tesman also. But I don't think Tesman made either of the mains. Um, I think he made two-wheel drive. No, he might have. have. I don't know. I don't. I'm not well, quite sure. All right. Well, yeah. let's switch to two-wheel drive now. Um, yeah. because oh, man, one thing no, about four-wheel drive. One okay, thing about four-wheel okay. drive, I still say is uh, Orlowski. He just always gets the worst end of the stick i don't know how it is like wasn't he winning one of the mains had a mistake got tangled up with uh and then ongaro took it or ripkin took it i don't remember how it went 
then like ends up in a way that you know Rivkin is able to take the last main and Orlowski has two second places. Like it's just he always gets the worst end of the stick. I don't know how that is because he was I'd say if you look at the lap times of the last three mains, he was probably the fastest guy out there. He was probably faster hmm. than Ongaro. At least at like maybe not over the five minutes, but when he had those spurs of like good speed, he was, in my opinion, faster than Ongaro. And then he ends up third. It's definitely a bummer uh for him. I think he would have definitely deserved second, but like yeah, in the end he he ended up third. I think it's still a good result for him, but yeah, he he. It always seems like he should be on for more than he gets. <laughs> yeah, I'm fortunate for him uh, as well. Yeah. Uh, I think one of my biggest surprises also was Carrot doing so well. Uh, he he is turning into a great little racer. He is. Oh yeah, yeah, Carrot, Carrot. Yeah, I don't. He made the four wheel drive, but didn't make the two wheel drive. He made both. He made two wheel drive too. Oh yeah, 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 he made both, but Orlowski actually didn't make. Two he didn't make two or drive. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I agree with Karab. I think he's going to be the new sort of Neil Craig figure, who's always gonna be in the main at the big events. He's always gonna be there, no matter their conditions. You know, like mm. Tommy Hall, a very talented racer in Astro, but go to Netherlands, not so competitive anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, same thing with a lot of these other, like Misha Wittmeyer. He's really good in Europe, not really that competitive in America. Um, well, unfortunately, we didn't get to see Jona. Uh, he would have probably been quite good if he had had the time to practice and go. I think he could have been one to make the main because he's also crazy good at adapting to conditions. Um, but yeah, apart from that, I don't know. I think Karap and Orlowski definitely going to be the new Jorn and Neil <laughs> kind of thing. Well, Lee Martin used to be one of the top. Jorn, Jorn wasn't too slow either. He was the top S-Works guy. Yeah, yeah. Jorn, Jorn did good at this race. I think he switched to S-Works has actually been good for him, which is a little bit surprising considering he switched from Schumacher, mm-hmm. uh, which especially on Astro should be really good. And I mean, Orlowski proves that it's really good, but yeah, for Jorn, definitely S Works has proven to be good for him. And even like um eight scale electric, he was definitely in, in a shot for a podium at a minimum, but a, a win at best at the uh, electric eight scale euros. Okay. Moving on to two wheel drive. Uh I was hoping that Ongaro would win this. But I'm I'm actually very happy that Taylor won this. Uh yeah. Taylor's been good for the last two years. I said this on the previous podcast. He's kind of gotten over that, you know, because, you know, a lot of, you know, even he was younger, he had a very bad reputation. Yeah. Uh, he's gotten over that. I've gotten to know his dad at these races as well, who's a great pit man for Dakota Fenn. But man, you know, if you would have told me he would have won a Worlds before Dakota Fenn, I would have told yeah. you, shut the front door. You know, I first um, found out about Tater Sontag in an RC podcast, you know, which one that was. Uh, Loop is live. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was listening to Loop is live. Uh, and that was like right before the whole JQ drama with, uh, with the Loop yes. is live. But they had an episode where they like totally bashed Sontag. They was like, 
oh, their parents should be banned from, I don't know if they said banned, but oh, their parents should be embarrassed. They should teach the kid how to behave and he's making it an unsafe environment and all this kind of shit. And like that he was actually like fucking shouting at the driver's stand. And he was like, what, eight then, 10? <laughs> like he was a tiny fucking kid and he had a big mouth. Obviously he's grown. I think he's learned and uh, that was then. Because right now, like, I feel like he's been quite, like, Good. actually a smart one. <laughs> like, I, I can't say that about all the young drivers from America, <laughs> that they are smart for their age. But Tater seems like he's one. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll get to him. And I think, like, me, because I have, that's my first, like, image in my mind of Tater Sontag. That loop is live podcast. And now seeing him a world champion driving same equipment as Dakota and Dakota not being a world champion. I think um, that's quite impressive. And like, that also shows that, you know, okay, he was talented already then, but you know, you just need to get, keep your head at it, even though you have people who may not like you. Yeah, he's doing good. And he's doing good in eight scale as well. Uh, I, I did hear that uh, Fend was not able to run his Trinity stuff. He had to run hobby wing stuff because it wasn't F, uh, IFMAR approved yet. Yep. This is what I was told. Wow. Uh, so um, maybe that, that caused it. But man, you got to think that this was Fen's time, right? Fen's time to, mm -hmm. to win that world, to get that monkey off his back. Um, and he, it just didn't happen for him. But I'm sure he will have a, a lot more time to make that happen. Uh, and we'll see what happens. I think, I think. Go ahead. Yeah, I think he peaked a little bit too early with this 10 scale stuff. Could be like Could be. last last um well it was pretty much like 2022 like entirety of 2022 he was winning anything like any race he went to he won in eight scale and ten scale you know mm -hmm. and then last winter he was still like any ten scale race he went to he was just like he went there and won you know and the carpet dirt low grip high grip didn't really even matter but I think throughout this year he has showed that. He hasn't been like that. He has been good in eight scale, there's no doubt. But he hasn't been that dominant. He's he's had a few races where he slipped. Uh, one race, Wicked Weekend, he kind of just about saved in the last lap. And ten scale, like he's been getting beat by Horn and Rivkin at some of these events. Some events, maybe even by um, Champlin. So yeah, I think he kind of ha if if the worlds were last year. I think Fen would have won it, but this year I think he's got a little bit of you know not fully confident in the program. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean probably fully confident, but not as like hundred and ten percent confidence that he must have had last year winning everything, you know. And then on top of that, you know, new surface. I didn't know about the Trinity stuff, but those kind of things definitely affect you, you know. Of course, of course, of course. Well, it was a good world. I enjoyed it. <clears throat> Uh, I thought that it was great to see. We see now that the 10 scale worlds will be in Australia in 2025. So, and I'm having a feeling that, that might be outdoors. I'm pretty sure it's going to be oh, outdoors. Australia, if it's not outdoors, I don't know what they're doing because that's the only fucking country in the world that runs outdoors in 10 scale anymore. Pretty much. <laughs> Apart pretty from, much. Like outdoors and dirt. Obviously, in Europe, we run on Astro. But mm -hmm. in, in Finland, the last track. That's dirt outdoors, Vasa, 2011 Worlds track. 
um that iconic track will be on astroturf next year oh yeah yeah so i don't think there's any like 10 scale specific tracks in europe that are gonna be in if you want to see some more about Vasa and some previous 10 scale world, you can go check out episode number 255 of the No Name RC podcast with Jared Tebow as we go back and have a look at some of his 10 scale. Uh, it was actually a good chat with him. He was telling different stories about his 10 scale worlds that he's been through. I think we went through all of them. So well done. And we put some video of Vasa as well. And speaking of 10 scale, we might as well keep it. They had the J Concepts Fall Indoor Nationals, the INS 13 at Hoosier RC Hobbyplex this past weekend. And in four-wheel drive, Dakota Fan won it, followed by Spencer Rifkin, Brock, Brock Champlin, Aiden Horn, Ryan Mayfield. And Ryan Mayfield running the Fly Sky now. Everybody's moving to Fly Sky. Hey, Fly Sky. I had you guys sent me a radio first. You should sponsor the podcast. You should advertise <laughs> on the podcast. Right, I started hitting yeah. people to the Fly Sky Pro first. Uh, all right, it's crazy. It's crazy that they kind of because they, it's not like you know pros are taking this radio because like oh it seems better or whatever. It's like they are actually offering these pros quite a lot of money, and I don't think they would even need to do that necessarily because like the radio, from what I've heard, it's actually really fucking good. <laughs> So uh, like it's it's quite they they have this sort of uh, old strategy of buying people out. I don't know if they actually need to do it. You know what? I'm gonna hit up Fly Sky. You can advertise on the podcast. Um, also, who in in mod two will drive? Aiden Horn takes the victory, followed by Ryan Mayfield, Spencer Rifkin, and Dakota Fan fifth. Tom Rennekin. I supposed to have Tom on. I gotta have Tom on her to talk about that. But that was the INS at Hoosier RC Hobbyplex this past weekend. And just real quick, I wanted to go into some other results. Real quick before we get into some RC news, JBRL at the Drake's track at Palm Desert this past weekend. Nitro Buggy, so Adam Drake, Frankie Contreras, and Young, HK Young making a trip over from a Korea. I met this kid. This, he's like 12, probably 13, but he looks like he's 15 from Korea. And he made the trip over to, I guess, is over in California doing some racing. He came third. And he beat some fast guys. He beat like Carlos Arredondo, Steve Harris, uh, Jermaine Robinson, Ivan Moreno Jr. So, yeah, good stuff to him. <clears throat> I saw him come over. So, JBRL at Palm Desert this past weekend as well. And I probably not missed some of, races as yeah, well. Not a lot of top guys at Palm Desert. No, Only but they were like, all at this uh, Hoosier race as well. They had a lot of top guys. Oh, yeah, there. true. Yeah. Right. Defense scale. All right. True. Well, you know what, Max? It's time to go on to some RC News. And RC News is brought to you by InvisibleSpeed.net and High Tech RC. So I think you guys are a little bit too late to capitalize on the RC, uh, the, the Invisible Speed deal. But if you want to take advantage of it, give me a call, maybe, or give me a shout. Maybe I can get JQ to convince it. But get on with InvisibleSpeed.net. And uh, make your speed visible. Stop scrolling, you nerd. Learn something new with Invisible Speed. Are you the driver of this car? Yes, sir. Why? You just uh, won a free alignment. I had my car touched by JQ, and now I don't feel safe. I can say that he didn't, did improve his time yep. in 10 seconds. And so his best lap. Last question. Would you recommend the Invisible Speed course? Yeah, for sure. Spend your money. Good spend.
want to learn more and make your speed visible, stop scrolling. That's right. And thank you to Invisible C for all their support. Everybody that uses our affiliate links for that. Uh, if you wish to support Invisible Speed and make your speed visible, and I believe JQ is adamant that he says that the new 2.0 book will be out by the end of the year. Take that with a grain of salt because it is JQ and I know how things go with him. So I'm assuming end of the year, January, February. Go to our the links in the written description and check it out. But also, thank you to High Tech RC for all the support. I got to hang out at, at uh, with the High Tech guys at the H2GP. They gave me a new RDX2 1000 charger that I have not opened or used yet. I'm waiting for my Donathan RC leads. I'll pick them up when I go this weekend. But thank you. I'm looking forward to using this. They also gave me some servers. I got the new 77. Uh, the ones that you like, Max, the 778. Seven, seven, yeah. And I got some I got some waterproof servers for my, my next boat build that's down there whenever that gets done. So I want to thank you to High Tech. Check them out, man. RDX2 1000. One of the best chargers out there. They're making great servers. Uh, you can go to hightechwheretobuy.com. There you go. I got a, I got a, I got a, I got a, a hoodie like that too, as well. Uh, I actually got a shirt too, but they put that on the front and then high tech on the back. Does your, does your hoodie say high tech on the back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine does too. Have you got your charger yet? Yeah, I did. I got it uh, just in time for the Euros. I got the mini, okay. which is. I have to say, like, this charger charges up to, like, 6 amps, which is, like, more than enough for um, anything on in 8 scale. Uh, obviously, talking nitro here. Mm -hmm. Like, if you go to a race where you only race nitro, like, you only need this. And this thing weighs, like, 200 grams. Oh, so it's, it's nice and light, small. Yeah. It's, like, lightest charger I've ever held in my, ever held in my hands. And I even, like, I made this uh, lead so you can plug it straight into the balancer. So basically, I have this 200-gram charger that I take with me to Nitro races, and I can charge all my stuff with it. And, yeah, th so that's freaking amazing. So Absolutely. I think it's the RDX1 Mini. And I also got the RDX2 for my e-buggy. So mm -hmm. when I go to race an e-buggy, I can just plug my batteries in. That thing's cool. You can like. Do you have I, the Bluetooth dongle? Uh, no, I don't. I didn't get that one. You should get I'm, that. I'm old. I'm old school. I like to press shit. You know? So much easier. So much yeah. easier. Yeah, uh, that, both of them are freaking incredible. I I mean, easy to use. They're like I was surprised how light the mini was and the RDX two one thousand. Like I don't know. Do, doesn't it charge like fifteen amps per side? This? Something crazy. Up to forty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but like per side. Uh, yeah, like 20 amps per side, I think. Yeah, something crazy. So yeah. like, I mean... I'm never going to charge crazy, that 20 amps. Crazy. So yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm cool. Crazy. Uh, but I am looking forward to these. I'm actually going to put these in my Ignite Design RC gas truck build, which I'm doing. I'm waiting for a gear lift to come for that. And then obviously yeah. these are going in my blue catamaran boat uh, yeah. later on when I build that. But also I'm looking forward to my Donathan RC leads. That's right. You can go to donathanrc.com, use the promo code Nitro is the glory, and you will save 10% off that. So check them out and get your leads. What's up, Max? You one say thing, Blistex? Yeah, that this was just in my hand. But yeah, one thing I want to say is um the 778. I've been running it now in my throttle servo. I saw that. So 
I've been doing it for the whole year. Um, I even tried it on steering, but I think that's not that's not gonna be. I think it's a little like the twenty kilograms. It has the torque. It's not mm -hmm. enough for the steering. So uh, I will keep. Now I have the nine three eight one. That has been really good at steering. Uh, more than enough. Then what is it? Is the other one? Uh, Dang it, I don't remember it. But the really program one. That's what, yeah, that that one's like way overkill. Like that's way too much torque. I mean, it doesn't do anything bad, but it's just like you could pretty much like break someone's hand by with that zero. It's so freaking strong. <laughs> so nine three eight one, that has been good for steering, and the seven seven eight, no issues in travel. Like I think I've been I, I said this to a few guys already, but I think uh that's going to be the new norm. I think more manufacturers are going to move towards a way where we're going to be running low profile in uh, weight too, right? Oh, it's a, what like 30 grams for 30, at least 30 grams weight savings from mm -hmm. the low profile. Mm -hmm. So it's that's crazy. Right. And, and also it's like, you don't really like it works perfectly. I have no issues with overheating, whatever. I mean, a lot of people say their throttle server overheats when they're close to the engine. Mine, no issues at all. So, awesome. yeah, I think I, I started it. Okay, I did it first. Well, obviously, some people did it before me, but I want to say that I did it first and I said it on the podcast. I mean, I started doing it already, like what, last year. So, okay. It's, it's like old news, but I, I think now is the time where I can comfortably say that that is going to be the future. Awesome. Uh, and also, you guys, just if you do buy some high tech stuff, uh, just let them know that you heard about it on the No Name RC podcast. And yeah, yeah. just do it for us. And don't forget, download an RC leads as well. You can get custom NNRC leads if you wanted to. Yeah, it's like so. like the high-tech stuff. Like I always thought, yeah, servos are servos. As long as they last, it's good. You know, I run Savax before and then Power HD, And yeah, those are good servos. But I mean, the high-tech quality, it's like, yeah, nothing's Absolutely. even close. Absolutely. It's nothing's even close. <laughs> Absolutely. 50 years of uh, making servers for RC yeah. and all other applications. All right. So, Max, should we get into city season right away or should we talk about some of the other things in our news? Should we get the small things out of the way, yeah. which is uh, DNC? DNC? Oh, yeah. So DNC 2024 has moved to March 13th to 17th. That's an 800 entry cap. So I'm assuming that's done because a lot of people complain about the weather. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I hope it works out. Uh, you know, because it's a shame when we go to this race and it always gets rain. It's always getting affected by rain. I hope the two weeks makes a difference, and I'm pretty sure he'll sell out of the 800 entry cap. So, but wait, isn't this like? Oh, there's one weekend between uh, Psycho and Nitro Pass. The two weekends between two weekends because no, Psycho Nitro Pass is the first week of April. April, okay, yeah, yeah. So that's that's space. Okay. So it goes this, then it goes IBC, but it might be this uh, World Cup e buggy, then IBC. Oh, yeah. yeah, that I mean, maybe we talk about that immediately. They had what under forty entries. That's yeah, they, flop. they. They I don't said think it's like, I, yeah. like I don't think it's gonna work this way that they hurl like half the like who will be traveling to a race that doesn't really account for anything. Only to race e buggy. Yeah, I think they should. Well, they could run e truggy too. I think they should. Um, they should just make a World Cup. 
Like, not a World Cup. Just make it a World. Like, I don't understand yeah. why they have to have the World Cup. I understand in prior days, they know it's going to be at IBC. It's going to be at yeah. B-Buggy Arena. They know that they're capable of doing these events because it's not going to be at uh, Braga. It's going to be at yeah. B-Buggy Arena. But I might be there. So I know I'm going to IBC. I might be there the weekend before that. So we'll see. I know I'm going to IBC, but I, I'm kind of like iffy on it too. I think just go ahead and make it, make a, make it a world. Well, you know what? We actually going to rant about Ifmar at the end of this podcast. So let's oh, get through this stuff. That's my we, favorite we, topic. We are good. We are, we are starting the fix. We are going to fix Ifmar. Uh, all right. So something that I've been noticing on Instagram, by the way, if you guys haven't gone to the No Name RC podcast Instagram, go there and uh, give us a follow as well as our YouTube as Max looks like he's going to sneeze and our TikTok, which is growing. FPV meets RC meets sim racing. So I'm seeing a lot of these videos on Instagram where they got a full sim setup and it's hooked to a car and like the ladies moving the car and the seats move like a f- I'm like I want to try this so bad. But the only problem is who's going to flip your car over when it flips. But that's so yeah, cool, you need to right? Build, uh, you need to build one of those. I've seen those poles that they flip the car back. Those are cool. Um, yeah. Then, I, the only issue with that. No, 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 I finished. Okay, okay, go ahead. TikTok, I saw them actually racing on a track. Not that they were right next to the track, but they were racing, like, sim racing on the track. Like, but looking at the screens. <laughs> that's so awesome. Yeah, I hate to break it to you, Keenan, but the only issue with that is that it's really difficult to do because the car is so light. So, like, when you steer, it's really fast, but then when you press throttle, it doesn't feel like anything. And if you, like, want to make it more powerful, then the steering is even faster because the car is so light. Dude. So... These guys are going around this do. track pretty fast. It was an indoor only track. They'll go around it pretty fast. So I don't know. Maybe we're looking at the future here, Max. Maybe we only need to have to leave our house to race RT cars. I don't know. But it's still, I think the point of controlling something remotely is what always will be my 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 big thing. Stand up on a driver's and seeing that go and doing it there. Yeah. But I think it's cool. It, I'm watching it. So I'm following this on Instagram. I, I don't have the Instagram. I, I should have put it in here in the notes. But it's on TikTok and Instagram, so that's that's interesting because we always talk. Everybody wants to talk about FPV. Well, I think we're get, we're going to the next level. FPV meets RC meets sim racing. Uh, let us know what you guys think about this in the comments uh, or wherever you're listening to this too. Elsaram Monaco RC dropped a, a video of the new Elsaram. I'm not new. It's been around for well, you know, it's I think it's available for people to use now. I know um, that. Martin Beyer was running this for some time, but they yeah, did a yeah. great a great video on it, and it has aluminum nitrate ceramic coolers on the bottom yeah. of the ESC. Yeah, so this was the thing that I I remember we touched on this when it came out. I talked about yeah. it in the podcast, and I was like, why would you waste space for the uh, display? Because you could have coolers there, it'd be more effective, so on and so on. Well, <laughs> now we know the way they do it is that they have the bottom effectively open. So it's like mm. they have this aluminum nitride um, uh, ceramic thing here that has like 
um, channels that the air can flow through. And mm -hmm. instead of using double-sided tape, you screw it straight into the chassis. So what this does is it basically takes all the heat from the um, what do you call it, processor, mm -hmm. transfers it through the nitride thing. Uh, some of it evaporates in the air. Some of it, you know, um, what's the word? Um, kind of gets sucked into the chassis plate. Mm. So in, instead of having the normal layout where it's basically sitting on an insulator, which is a double-sided tape, and then all of the heat gets transferred to the air, and then you have a fan that transfers it faster to the air, now you have it that you have actual heat transfer. Sometimes so if you have all a, that stuff. There's like yeah. one big heating. Yeah, basically like that. And yeah, there might be some bad things about transferring heat to the chassis, for example, in carbon fiber. The heat transfer is not so good, so you might get some plastic parts heating up or whatever. But it's still like from the ESC perspective, it's much more effective because now the heating is in the bottom, and it's not only like air cool; it's also like the I don't know what the word is in English, but um, radiant, radiant, radiant. It's like no. radiator heat. It's radiating to another. No, but radiation means to the convection. Air. Con, yeah. Convey. I don't know. He's conveyed to the material. I don't know. Yeah. But they have a little fan on his side too. I saw have some of them have a fan on his side too. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously you can yeah, you can obviously add like cooling. I don't like to be honest, it could be that it doesn't work. Like it's not that effective, but at least the idea is really cool and it seems that it could make sense. And like especially the material, like having a ceramic that would transfer the heat, that makes a lot of sense. And um yeah, I think it's really cool. The display, I still feel it's a for a race car. It's not necessarily needed, you know. It's not the necess necessary feature, but uh, I think it's it's a cool feature for sure. What would be cool is if it had an app and you could just Bluetooth and all your display came up. Oh, well, yeah. like you got, think, if you got real time, if you got I real time data, I think they have it. I think they have a dongle too. Okay. Well, it's going to be interesting to see Monaco. I guess Monaco RC is heavily invested in this somehow because they seem to probably be pushing it. Probably a distributor. I think <laughs> they are a big. I mean, Monaco RC is heavily connected to X-Ray. They support Coelho a lot. You know. Yeah, they, they just had the big race in Rome too, where yeah, uh, Coelho and and my good friend Alex. Happy, you know what? Happy belated birthday to Alexander Hagberg, the doctor. His birthday was last week too. My fellow Star Wars nerdian fan, he needs to catch up on Ahsoka. All right, um, yeah, be interesting to see. Interesting to see uh, that this out of all the ESCs that's come out, this has piqued my interest for some reason because it looks different. All right, Max, you was geeking out on this. We have a a few uh, onward touring cars being released this this week. You was all excited about this, all in a huff about this. Let's see if uh, we can get it going here. Hold on, let yeah, me make okay. this wider. Uh oh, that's not good. Um, hold on for a second. Anyway, let's talk about the X-ray thing while I get this up on screen. Yeah, I can, I can try to share it. Let me. Okay. Uh, let's see. Maybe I can. Anyway, you talk about it, and I will it get it up on screen. I have it now, but I don't know if it. Oh, does. you have it on screen. Okay, one second. All right, let's add that on screen. Okay, let's that's put good. us on yeah. her. There we go. Ooh, okay. okay, now we're good. So this was actually really, really cool because, you know, for a long time, 
it was kind of like automatics was the was like the trendsetter like oh they had these new arms that were the triangle arms basically what now the x-ray has they had the shocks in board that very low um and they had a leaf spring um what else well pretty much the whole bulkhead design was very different because a lot of these cars used to have shock towers but mm -hmm. now x-ray i think has taken it as far as you can take it with the regular shock so the interesting part about this let's get the vice champions out of the way um the interesting part about this is that oh, both the shocks are inboard you know rear and front mm -hmm. shocks are inboard they are like to the center of the drive shot oh wow now this is basically the last thing yeah this is basically the last thing that in at least in my mind looking at it from like this separated you know the x-ray the mugen the yokomo um which else are the fast current cars schumacher the, that this was the last thing because what automatics did was they had placed the shocks so low that they could place it sort of like at least partly under the drive shaft, which none of these cars could do. So the option that remained was to place the shocks behind, uh, well, outside of the drive shaft. So either in the back or in the front. And what this does, it just, it increases a lot of yaw inertia. So the car, like, it's not as fast, like, um, not as fast to like switch, uh, directions. It's, especially under braking under acceleration it kind of it's lower so in, in some sense it could be better but like these cars are very long compared to their width so you don't necessarily need that much more your inertia and also like they are very light in the center to begin with compared to what's uh, at both of the ends so this is a very good move you don't have and to be honest to begin with you don't really want to have weight outside of the center or the drive shafts because that has this sort of twisting motion around the drive shaft as long as it's between those front and rear drive shafts the force is translated quite nicely but everything that's beyond it it has this sort of um, rotary motion around the drive shaft so you know basically like if you had a uh, a drag car and you attached weight to the rear bar it would like to like you know do a more of a wheelie that's the same thing here but if you had put this to the front you can still have your inertia but it's in front of the drive shaft so it doesn't go over so that's that's going to be my watermelon seed about that subject but i think overall like it's really cool what they've done um you have a very loud mouse yeah i know my old one broke okay so here you can kind of see uh replay oh well that was the replay man they had some they make these touring cars look so cool man yeah i know yeah so I, actually here is really good so the previous design you can see in the bottom you have both of the shocks outboard and now with the new one they are like centralized and inboard I mean, this, in my eyes, this is a freaking game changer. Like, I don't see, there's very little that's better about the automatics car now compared to this. 
You know, I don't really <laughs> see much. Like, yes, the shocks are a little bit more low in the automatics, but then you have this issue of having a rotary shock. You need to have an, um, a link for it. It adds weight. Um, then you need to have a leaf spring. Uh, all these things that it's maybe more difficult to tune because we're so used to these shocks. Maybe that's one of the reasons why automatics took so long to, you know, gain ground. Obviously, it's a good car. I don't think like this is going to take X-Ray a step further from them. But I think I don't see many things from an engineering standpoint where the X-Ray is now clearly lacking. Because before there was like the shock placing, that was clearly a thing that they could improve on. But now I think, I mean, this looks really cool. And I, I'm very confident pretty much all of the other manufacturers are going to do the same thing in the mm -hmm, next car. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because this is like at least it should be very, very good. And uh, also what they did is they copied the Mugen idea. And I'm going to say copied because this is pretty much all they did. Well, actually, they did introduce some of their own things here, but in the end, it's the same freaking thing. Um, so they have this active uh, shock mount, basically meaning that when you, when you hit the bump and then let's say you hit a dot, and then when you go over the dot, the tires in the air, the mount lets the shock go down first, and then the shock extends to its full droop. So basically you get back to full droop and then the shock extends. So you don't have to wait for the shock, basically instant rebound uh, on the shocks. Okay, so those are actually like on um, hinges, I wanna say? Yeah, so do you see my mouse? Uh-huh. Yeah, so basically this is a hinge here. Mm -hmm. And here is a screw. So if you want to, you can buy these and lock this in so you can have it fixed. But then when you take the screw out, this just this works like a hinge. So it's it's stuck to the top. So when you have like compression, it's normal. But when you lift the car to the air, the, the tires just go down immediately. Mm. There's no, like, you don't have to wait for the shock. Yeah, but this is a thing invented by Mugen in, well, I, wanna, I don't want to say invented because probably someone has made it before. But here you can basically see is you have initial travel. It goes up. And then when the shock goes down, there's the gap, you know, it, it gets off. Mm. And then, then the shock is, like, naturally extended to the normal way. And uh, in the bottom, you can see the when it's fixed, there's no sort of that. These graphs are weird, but yeah. Yeah, but that's, that's, that's cool, an though. idea. That's, but, very yeah, cool. that's cool. Yeah, that's an idea from Mugen, but now they have it too. And I think the bulkhead design is very cool. Oh, actually, one more thing I didn't mention was this ultra low center of gravity, uh, uh, what you call this, a roll bar. So mm. basically, basically what they've done is instead of having the roll bar up here, they put it under the diff. Mm -hmm. And they've mm -hmm. done it, they've done it uh, by um why don't they show the arm? Oh here they show it. Yeah. So it goes under the arm. Oh wow. They have the they have this and then the shock attaches here. So they basically done the shock attaches below the arm, the anthro bar attaches below the arm. And that's an additional way 
where they've gotten everything more like much lower uh, to begin with. And that's probably why they were able to do that um, centralized shock thing. And this is one thing that a lot of other manufacturers can't really do because they are working, they, they can't make arms like this, you know, plastic and carbon combined. Mm -hmm. They only they can only choose from full plastic or full carbon. Well, because actually this, makes this in house. Yeah, they can do stuff like this, and I think this will be the most difficult part for other manufacturers. How do you get the anti roll bar? That's doable, but the shock position, like angled like this, uh, and in the back, like I don't know, maybe they need to make an extra piece and attach it to the arm. And yeah, they can maybe make that, but that's again they. They have to use a little bit more material, more weight. Most likely, going to have to use aluminium. So yeah, that's an extra maybe gram or two per corner. And yeah, that's that's a difference already when you try to optimize everything. <laughs> so yeah, this makes me want to go buy a touring car. Yeah, well, I've been wanting to buy a touring car as well, and I'll, I'll in a bit I'll tell you what I'll instead buy. Uh, but yeah. Well, the rest of this stuff is pretty much what they've had before. You know what? I think, We're going to uh, get a GoFund to get you acquired a mouse. I really like this presentation, though. I really think that's cool. Um, yeah, X-Ray, awesome. like, I can't, I don't know how they do it, but every time they release a new car, it's better. It's like every year, it's better and better and better. And even this one that has, like, flashing lights and everything moves. You mean the release? Animation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. It's very cool. Do we want to look at the... um? Man, yeah, I let's take a look at the. Oh, you know, I barely geek out on stuff like that too much, but I am like super impressed by that. Yeah. Well let's done, X-ray. You impressed me. Yeah. Not that that means anything. <laughs> yeah, I think I I have to say that the whole X4 project, to me, has been a big. You know, I appreciate X-ray a lot more because they did the X4. Like their XP2, XP4, like. XP2 never really impressed me in any way. XP4, it's always been a good car. That's good about it. Their on-road stuff, like uh, Nitro on-road, they haven't really updated in a while. 8-scale off-road, like they haven't done anything too crazy. Um, so yeah, this is like the X4 project is one that uh, impresses me. Let, let's All go right. to the Iris first. You want to go to the iris? Well, you bring yeah, it. Yeah, I, I have it. I have it open. So, you know what, dude? Like, honestly, I thought that was really cool. What you just showed me. You you were freaking out about it. Now I should have been and looked at it. I was too worried. This was what captured my eye. Was this thing yeah. here? Because somebody in the Discord uh, posted it up, and I thought that was really cool. Yeah. So this is the uh, Andreas Murberry. He's designed the car, and. Okay, I, I'm gonna start it out with a little bit of negative, negative uh, commentary. Okay. So then we can end it on a high note. Okay. Okay. So I feel that all the good things I said about the X-ray, which was that they've kind of managed to make the traditional shock um, design by using smart solutions, they've managed to make it work really well for them. And they kind of very close to optimizing the design, at least the way I see it, to what Automatics is doing right now. This, on the other hand, they've tried to go to rotary damper uh, like way, having torsion bars and so on for suspension. And 
I think it's kind of a losing battle going this way because of the fact that you can't, there's a limit to how much stuff you can take out of this. Like you have to have the bar mount, the torsion bar mounts, the links for the um, rotary dampers, so on, so on. And th this will always give you more weight. And weight is like, you always want to minimize it, to be honest. Um, and yeah, here in the front, for example, they have it here. And this, these are really heavy, these rotary dampers, because they're full of liquid and they're also made out of uh, aluminum. Yeah, so that's the bad news, okay? Uh, bulkhead design also, I think this is kind of a way where you kind of lock yourself in into a certain, you know, certain design. Uh, but okay, bulkhead is more arguable than the other way. But however, that being said, I think what they have done or Andreas has done with this car is really cool. Okay, so 100% symmetrical chassis. Um, they put a lot of effort into flex. So that's a really cool thing. And even though I just said, you know, a critique of the, tor the rotation, uh, rotary dampers and the torsion bars and so on, I do think this is a great way to go because this is, this is yet another way you can get the weight down. Okay. But I don't know if there's room for this to be optimized. Like I think what Automatics has done is like a very, very well done way of doing it. So I don't really know if you could do it any better. But I think this car is really cool. Like the fact that they use same uh, arms and all four corners, that's smart from a customer perspective. I think this car is doing something unique and different. So that's also a positive. Um, so basically what they've uh, changed for this car is what I've been kind of pointing towards is the weight, that's one. So they have new lightweight upper and lower bulkhead, chassis spin locators. Okay, so that was probably for durability. Um, but they did some geometry changes as well. Um, but yeah, lighter uh, improves the shock seals. Basically the rotary dampers, they had some, some issues with leaking. And um, yeah, some very light uh, you know, uh, fixes. Uh, and well, one thing actually that people talked about was the heave, uh, shock absorber, basically that now you have independent shocks in all four corners, but you could attach a shock that works like both on both sides. So basically when both sides go in, the heave shock goes in, but when one shock goes in, the other doesn't move. Okay, so this basically does it so that when the car squats or dives, you have a shock absorber there, but then uh, otherwise it's a normal one, normal like independent suspension on all four corners. Um, so I don't know if they've used it because the last car, I believe that was released with one, but now it's become optional. So I don't know what the story with that one fully, but I think it's really hard to tune. That's like, that's one thing, but yeah. Okay, now I, I'm gonna watermelon seed myself and just end this with saying, I think it's still a cool gar car, but they have to like 
they have to figure some things out because I think I like in when I saw the X4, I was like, okay, like they they've done it. Like you can't really mm. do much better than this, you know. I really like so, their front wheel drive car that someone posted in the uh, oh yeah NNRC Discord. That's what got yeah. My the Irish, so, yeah. Well, we could. So, who is this guy who designed this? Who is he? Uh, Andres Murberry. Okay. He's uh, he's a European, really old school. I don't know if he's how success uh, successful he's been racing on his own, but he's been like I don't know. He's like I don't know. I think he's from Sweden or Norway. Not sure, but like. He's a very like old figure in the on-road scene, at least from where I'm from. Alrighty, so up next is the Roche. Is it Roche? It's Roche, right? Just Roche. Um, Roche. Yeah. Oh, I don't know how they say it. Roche. I think it's just Roche. Probably gonna get told that is not Roche. But here we are, twelve scale. He was geeking out on this. Okay, so now we're here. Um, with a new 12 scale car uh, designed by a Finnish guy, actually, Vesa Uli. So, I mean, obviously, I don't follow the news. You know, you know me. Well, I do follow the news, but I don't, I don't read Red RC like the Bible. So I probably would have missed this, but he gave me a little, little hint that they might be releasing it uh, this week. Mm. And uh, so I, to, took a look at this and uh, because so the reason why I'm I was so interested about this is because last winter I was like really close to getting a 12 scale because that would be easy you don't need to have a huge track or like a spec 12 scale you don't need to have a huge track you can have like a small track you can practice it's easy you don't have to spend a lot of money so on and so on it's easier than touring and I went through like Schumacher, X-Ray, like Automatics, like what are the good ones? So I I I did some like um, learning about this stuff. So um, now that I see this one, this is looks like this looks very cool. Okay, so basically what they have the innovate big things about this car is inline battery, as you can see from this picture. It's in line with the chassis. But it's not like automatics where the pivot is in the front, the pivot's still in the rear. But how how they have did it, you can see the picture on the bottom. Um, there is the battery tray, which is bolted onto the chassis. And this battery tray, like on the bottom, it's very thin. So you can get the battery like one and a half millimeters lower than you would normally get. Then because it's on this tray, it will stay there nice and tight. You know, you don't have to worry about that. So you don't have to put battery mounts or whatever. And uh, on top of this, uh, in general, like all of the stuff is like very low, down low. Like the front end, uh, you can scroll down. Um, I think there was pictures. Uh, yeah, here you can see the front end. It's basically like, the automatics front end where you have this uh, just the stick <laughs> from the plate you have a plate and then you have these posts that come from uh, there and uh, you can tune like um, caster from this plate and uh, then you can tune the damping from the knuckle 
so this again very light very like low profile very low center of gravity and the servo as well attached uh like right to the bottom of the chassis um actually one thing about the rear that's actually other than i don't think many manufacturers have is this well i i take that back i don't know how many have this but they you can tune the axle height you can add these little plates um below the axle um bulkheads or whatever and you can raise or and, and these are like very very fine margins like 0.2 probably 0.5 at the max um so these are probably like those features that stick out you can actually scroll up there's one picture of the bottom which shows the um, bottom of the chassis it should show the it's probably one of the most high up i think it might be even the most highest up they released this before or it might not even be in this one oh it's not in this one um well either way basically on the on the pod there is this um the the hinge of the pod is attached you know upwards to the uh, the hinge of the pod is attached to the chassis and the um, plate of the pod. So instead of having this weird cutout mess that, for example, X-Ray and Schumacher have because they have the pod in the back, this one is quite simple. You can unscrew it, add, um, add shims there, and so on. And uh, yeah, I think individually all those features are really cool, but okay, what does what makes this car better than an automatics or the X-Ray and Schumacher? And just for those who don't really know about 12 scale, like X-Ray and Schumacher are quite similar where they have this old school design, let's say the pod design. You have the rear pod, then you have those plastic links and you have the shock on the top. And then the automatics has this sort of new modern design where they have the rotary damper behind the battery, uh, which attaches to the pod. And then this is the damping, but you have the hinge in the front. So you have the hinge all the way in the front. So the, the top chassis, like uh, the top chassis moves around the bottom chassis. Uh, and you have basically two layers. One issue with this is the battery is higher up, uh, if I remember correctly. And um, Another issue is it's hard to tune, obviously, because you don't really know how that uh, affects it. The cool thing about Osmatics is it has this inline battery feature as well, whereas Schumacher and X-Ray have the battery like wider. So now this car is basically like trying to be the best of both worlds. You have the old school pod design that's still easy to tune and so on. You have everything much more uh down like the center of gravity is much lower the engine is all the way to the bottom the battery is all the way to the bottom you've lost weight from the front by using this automatics uh, knuckle design uh and you have the inline battery as well so this is from Avesa, but he said he was like really happy with the car and like immediately went faster with it so i'm like really excited to see because the last i heard nato used this car when he raced 12 scale 
So, and I think 12 scale worlds are coming up uh, soon. I, th- I think they should be next year, but I, I could be wrong. But I think they are coming up in December at Beachline. Oh, they're this year in, in Florida. Yep. So I'd be expecting some of the top guys to run this car there. So I'm really interested to see how it pans out because the 12 scale market is getting much more competitive. Like even Bruno, you remember he was uh, running 12 scale at Snowbirds. Um, obviously Hackberg, Orlowski, these guys are really driving uh, 12 scale. And there's a lot of Japanese talent in 12 scale on top of like Nauta, So Now yeah. I understand why you like this car. One, a Finnish guy did not design it, and your favorite racer of all time, Nato, is driving it. I fully understand. That. I don't know. I don't know if Nato is driving this car, but he, like last time he won the world, he drove Roche. Oh, Roche. 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 Yeah, I don't know. Probably going to get corrected on that. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So we geeked out on Onward this weekend, this week. Yeah. Uh, but the most impressive to me was the X ray. I really like that. I think, yeah. Uh, I think. Really- I think this, the Roche car and the X-Ray, they are very similar in a sense where they take the new and modern of what Automatics has brought to the market, both of these markets, mm-hmm. and they make the old style work with it, you know? Like they make it so that the old style is just as good or even better by taking advantage of these new ideas. And in some sense, yeah, you might say, oh, that's just copying. You should appreciate these innovations. But sometimes not all innovations are good. Sometimes you need innovation to push the old thing further further forwards. Yeah, but you also actually one cool little detail about this car is even the shock is mounted so that uh, it's pointing, the, the ball is pointing downwards. So the shock cap is like almost touching the battery so it's as slow as possible but that's mm-hmm. cool uh, so let me take this off screen i have a question for you and i don't want you to spend three hours explaining this why do we see like look at that x-ray and how cool it looks and all that type of stuff with the carbon fiber inserts and all that type of stuff and that different shocks and you see all this cool stuff in touring car but we don't see it in eight scale buggy is it because durability is it because it costs more what do you think well number one is cost i think because like these on-road cars cost what like 800 dollars and these are tiny these are like tiny little things and then like take an eight scale car and you add all that stuff in it that's gonna cost like almost two grand you're gonna probably double the price of it and so I think cost is a big one where you don't want it to too much crazy stuff because no one's going to buy it. Another big one is that eight scale is in the end, not that dependent on cars, touring cars is. There's a lot more variables. The tracks are off. It's open tire. You know, there's so much more variables so that putting so much money and effort and so on into the car if you don't have like the best driver in the world, like Dakota Fend or Ongaro driving your car, mm-hmm. like it's not gonna help you because Ongaro can beat you with the wrong tires, you know. <laughs> so like, yeah, and an eight scale car can you can have it all set perfectly and then you go one hit and it's off a few millimeters, you know what I mean? Yeah. But you can still compete with it uh, yeah. to the end. So it's a big yeah. difference. I think the um, 
the gap between a touring car being perfect and a eight scale car being perfect is bit way bigger, you know. Yeah. yeah. So uh, definitely, definitely interesting stuff and allows for and yeah, expense expensive. Mm-hmm. All right, Max. Um, well, great. We geeked out on the ten scale touring car world for uh, about a half an hour, forty five minutes. Now we're gonna get to all the juicy, silly season talk, but that as fact is brought to you by Sidewinder Fuel. Sidewinder Fuel. Morgan Fuel has been collaborating with many of the world's top drivers for over 40 years. This has enabled us to test our fuels in many of the most challenging situations and take the development of competition fuels to the next level. The result is Sidewinder, the market's most powerful racing fuel. This fuel has been track tested and proven by national and world champions such as Ryan Cavallari, Ryan Mayfield, Greg Degani, Mark Pavidis, and many more. Their current top driver is Little Bumper. So he's doing quite well with it. These drivers appreciate that Sidewinder is blended perfectly for the high-performance needs of competitive racing. Do not let victory slip through your fingers. Purchase Sidewinder today. Thank you, Sidewinder, for all their support. Uh, if you guys are interested in getting some Sidewinder, hit me up. I'll put you in connection with the people that bring it in. All right, Max. So it is now October. Silly season is kind of kicked off. Obviously, uh, we have not really had you on since Rana Falk has departed Mayako. Now we have a bunch of questions about that. So should we just like go right into that and like tell, I mean, I did cover it, I, but it's, you know, we got people that are asking questions. Obviously, I went to the last uh, race and at first thing everybody comes up and says oh we know JQ and this and da 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 and uh, we think Mayaka is done and blah 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 la 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 you know and first off I want to say well number one Mayaka is not done you're actually in Truggy development right now you're in charge of developing the Truggy uh, the yeah. e-buggy is about to drop soon they just dropped their 24 platform as well and Joseph was telling me that they have some basic kits coming out as well soon too so it's not going anywhere uh, so uh, while we're talking about Rana Falk, well, real quick, touch on the Truggy development, and uh, I'll I'll get together with what I want to say about Rana Falk. Yeah, so actually, I think the Truggy development is really cool the way we're doing it because this is for MPC members. This is a chance to really like for those who are really passionate, who want their ideas to be heard, who want their ideas out there like this Truggy development process is one that they can really put input in, in. So right now what we're doing is we're having MPC members who have been interested in starting out the initial prototyping phase and we're gathering data, what stuff we need and uh, what kind of parts we can use. And basically what I'm doing is um, gathering all the information from these prototypers, the, the basically people who want to build a Mayako Truggy. Uh, we're borrowing some parts from other cars and building a prototype within the MPC. And uh, yeah, I gather the data. We see which things, which direction we might want to go into, put it into uh, design. And then in the we are in the future, obviously, going to be releasing Mayako Truggy, hopefully. And uh, E-Truggy. Yeah, okay, yeah, that I forgot to say. We already have both. We already have a Nitro and E-Truggy in the prototyping phase. Um, uh, obviously, these are very secret, and if someone 
comes to ask, it's not really a Mayako, it's a Techno Chuggy. Unless it does really well at the race, then it's a Mayako prototype. But yeah, maybe maybe we'll get to see a Chuggy sometime next year, hopefully, um, for more members. But right now we're starting the prototyping phase and yeah. Mayako's not going anywhere, people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was the first thing I heard from people. So, unfortunately, you know, Rana Falk is gone. I was talking to him the other day. Obviously, so here's what we saw. We see see Hampus. He went to X-Ray, right? And we know Hampus goes where David goes. So, you know, I immediately messaged him. I said, oh, are you going to X-Ray? And he's like, no, no, he hasn't decided anything yet. That's what he told me. Um. I, I think it's X-ray. Like the whole rumors at Buggy Land, from what I'm hearing, from what, like the whole rumors and every all the talk was him going to X-ray. Um, he did say that he is going to be doing an EOS this year. Because I was like, so does that mean we'll see at Florida Carpet Championships, you know, or something like that? But he said no, he's going to do an EOS. So he's obviously going to a company that has a ten scale car. Um. Right now, how 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 much are you pretty sure he's going to X-ray? Compared, like, what what percentage would you give him that he's going to X-ray, and if he's not, what other uh, what other companies do you think are open to him? I think TLR or X-ray; those are the most likely options. No S works. Infinity. Well, I mean, okay, Infinity would be one, but I don't think Infinity is that serious about racing. Like, I'm like from what I'm gathering. They are kind of like they are not interested anymore. <laughs> so I've heard that too. I've heard that too. Yeah. From what it looks like, obviously we don't know what's happening there, but like I don't know. It doesn't look too promising when the drivers rather go play golf than to go to a race. All and right. They didn't they didn't go to ten scale Euros. The I mean they well, don't have a ten scale car. Oh, you mean no, in mean, uh on-road, nitro or electric. They didn't go to either. They went to the H-scale on-road Euros, but... Mm, Didn't know that. I did not know that. Yeah, so I don't Um, really know what's going on there. So I don't think it's Infinity. Okay. Well, I could... Um, could... Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I think X-Ray is the most likely option uh, because they don't really have an European driver, apart from Bruno, obviously. But even now, Bruno didn't make the main, so who did they have? They had no, no one, really. Like, I'm okay, Skidmore, but he's not a guy who can win the Euros right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's pretty much David uh, who would be the number one guy. Yeah, I mean, when I when I do all the math and I think about this, I, I think this is it, right? I think he goes to X-Ray because they do need that 1.8 scale, that mm-hmm. 1.10 scale guy, steady guy. Plus, he can do one-road. I'm sure his focus mm-hmm. would be off-road. But then at the end of the day, I think what happens with him and Tasman, because it's no secret that one of the reasons that, that things happened when Saw at HB because they didn't get along. I don't think they got along to this day. Um, I think if he goes to if he goes to actually, I think do you think Tasman stays? Do you think he's out? If if somebody I mean, like where does where does Tasman go? I kind of think that if David goes to X-ray. Tessman is already out. Yeah, but they still need that American or North American guy. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe they get someone else. Dude, so I don't... Look, right now, there's a whole bunch of rumors, and I heard this, and I heard that, and I think 
either we're going to have a very quiet, silly season after this, or we're going to have a very busy, silly season. But I have a lot of theories going around in my head right now. And if I see certain things going into place, I'll know that I'm on the right track. I don't want to say it, but if I'm telling you now, if I see something happen and everybody's going to be like, I will, I'm going to tell you right now, I am subliminally telling you, I knew, or I figured it out. I just can't see it because I don't want to, I don't want to, it's, it's like hearsay. It's here, hearsay, but where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, well, let's talk about, let's touch on the situation because yeah. I explained the situation as what happened between Mayako and David uh, in the last situation. is It's pretty simple. Like both parties were not happy with what was going on and mm. they decided to, you know, prematurely go their separate ways. Uh, it sucks. Yes, because I really wanted David and Mayako to work out. And I know we have a question from Chad Buckland who wants to think that what did Mayako do to cause irreparable damage? But I would say in this point that this situation is 50-50 on both parties and maybe even a little bit like, so I, I, everybody's like, well, did they give did they give David a tire ultimatum? No, if they gave David a tire ultimatum, he would have used the different tires at DNC, right? I think Mayaka was very forgiving with that. Um, I know this, and I think Joseph explained it on the MPC he said that when they hired Ronafalk in the beginning, the deal was not to have a tire company, right? Not to stay tire free on tires yeah. to help develop the the car. So yeah. when he decided to go with Matrix in 2023, no, and with, the, and the key the key thing about this is that they specifically paid him more to not have a tire sponsor. Exactly. So they paid him more not to have a tire sponsor. He went and got the tire sponsor with Matrix, which you know. I I understand he wants to make some money or he wants probably something like that as well, make some more money. But that's kind of where, that's where the friction came in, right? And I rem- I remember just like Joseph was saying to me and he said they were willing to make, they wanted Mayako to make all these exceptions to the car, but they were not willing to make any exceptions when it came to the tire, right? And yeah. I, I want to know, um, and I've also heard David's side of the things. I understand that, like when when that happened, there were some, you know, they they kind of you say, well, being as you now got a tire sponsor, you got to do this and do this and do that, and then that kind of started, you know, when whenever you're an, empl- an employee, yeah, and your well, employee start, starts. Go ahead. I can I can I have in my mind sort of about good both sides explanation. Okay, so go ahead. from my, from Mayako's side, you hire this guy, you pay him a little bit extra. So he can have the best tires, best everything to support his. Okay, first year he wins a lot of races, wins the Euros, finishes second at the Worlds, wins Ibagi at DNC. You know, pretty much a perfect first year. This driver, against your wishes or ideas, accepts tire sponsorship where he gets a lot of money, not a little bit, a lot of money. Okay, so it's purely on money basis. Okay, and yes, he's complete freedom to do that. Uh, because I don't, I don't think it was written in the contract. Okay, uh, it was just that he needs to have competitive tires, you know. Okay, and then this driver, who accepts a lot of money from this other company, stops winning, uh, and this most likely due to tires. Uh, okay, David didn't practice a lot. I have to say that he did not practice as much this year as he did last year. Uh, DNC, 100% on tires. It was like 
a no-brainer. The Euros, definitely a big uh, issue with tires. Races like IBC, tires weren't such a big issue. You know, there's other things, like maybe he wasn't feeling as confident with the car and so on. But there were races where tires were a big issue, races where tires weren't that big of an issue. Um, for example, the electric Euros tire definitely played a big role there. Um, and yeah, I think what then happened was that you basically hired this driver, paid him a little bit extra to make sure he's winning. He stops winning. So his value to you as a company in marketing goes down a lot. He's not worth that. Like we're talking hundreds of thousands, like all the expenses that goes into runoff of a year, a driver of this caliber. That those expenses are not worth the results he's getting. Because in the end, most of what David does or any top driver does is the results. You know, like, yes, David did a lot of like NPC calls, a lot of outreach and uh, stuff like that through his social media. But at the end of the day, most of what he did was receive, uh, have good results. Now, when he did not have this, then obviously, like Mayako wanted, like, okay, can we do this? Because obviously now you're getting a lot of money from this other company. We are paying you already a lot. Could you do a little bit extra? And then obviously, because that's not in the contract, there's uh, like both parties aren't happy. Now from the side of David, uh, the same story. Basically, he thinks, okay, this tire should be good. We have developed it, whatever. He thinks it's a solid move. Turns out it's not. He's not doing that well. He needs to try to perform to a level that he was performing last year because he can't really accept that the tires are bad, obviously, because of what he's agreed to in the Monaco contract. He tries to like do all kinds of stuff. This leads to him maybe losing confidence or whatever. And you know, the results get even worse. It's a downward spiral. He wants the stuff to change in a car because he thinks there's uh, issues in the car. We tried some prototype parts, which had some potential. There was disagreements of whether where these parts allowed to be used at the Euros. And this is eventually what, you know, um, led to it that this whole argument of you can change the car, but you can't change tires and this sort of ordeal. Okay. So at this point, Mayako is stuck with a driver that's not getting results. They're paying him a fuck ton and David is. Uh, stuck with a manufacturer that doesn't really want to do what he's doing because he's running the wrong tires, but he still wants to hold on to the tires because he's committed to this through other means. And then, you know, from both sides, the logical conclusion is to like, David has his things he wants to do. Mayako has to look at this from a business perspective and that's pretty much it. And I think to be honest, like from what, what I see, I think this is actually the better move for Mayako because now we have so much more money to use uh, for like actual car development, uh, marketing, so on. And Robert has been like really, really good in terms of like contacting people and in sales, I'd say much better than like what was the initial situation. So, and David probably will get the manufacturer that, you know, he will get his car that he thinks is the best and he will get his confidence back, start from a clear plate. So I think actually both parties are going to end up winning in this. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's unfortunate because basically both parties like 
spent a year and a half or like just well obviously one european championship uh world second place but you know could be a lot more yeah do you do you feel that after that so here's the two things that i i I just can't get through my head with this and the one thing is why you know we see all these other car companies that allow these guys to run especially something like let's be honest like developing tires takes a long time right it takes time we see we saw matrix has some success this past weekend at buggy land but we're going to talk about that uh as well we see t pro did it we see other tires do where you can run you're pretty much open on tires if they don't have a tire that works you can run whatever i don't understand why there was such a hard stance with this right money uh, they offered him a lot of money no lot. no but i mean even from the company yeah. side of things right even from the company side of things like you want that guy to still be look doing good right you can always you can always play this off as hey he's developing tire like they had no tire for america like we know that we know that no tire yeah. for dnc there would have been nothing wrong with him driving a different tire and then them learning from that right this is what i don't understand and no, two but- I think okay, it's just marketing. I think it's just marketing strategy. Like you know, so make him if, look bad the entire no, no. year. It's like if a Ferrari driver drives a Mercedes, you know, like you don't do that. I think it's a pride thing because Matrix is still like a really old brand, you know, on road. And I think they were confident that they drive. Oh yeah, especially because confi- you know, especially if they use if they had to use hot race tires, they wouldn't have liked that. Yeah, because like hot race and Matrix, they like hate each other deeply. Like yeah. anything they can do to fucking piss each other's cereals, they'll do, you know? That's true. So, That's true. So I, I just think thought like, about that. I just thought about that too. Yeah. So but I here's my second. Pride. That's here's my thing. second then, thing. Yeah. Go, go, ahead. go ahead. Finish that. Finish that. Sorry. No, pride. I was just going to say like pride from Matrix end. And then like, like you will respect your money, you know? <laughs> right. So, let and then the second thing I would think that I think after the situation with when David was made to choose between those two people, I think that that's when the disgruntled part came in. And I think that was where his lack of wanting to go out and practice and do anything to make it to, to do things better and other things in his life going on as well. And I think that just, you know, when you, when you get in, you can either do when you get bad results, you can either get back on a horse and go get, go at it harder. Or maybe he just was like, I'm tired of this. Right. And, Mm-hmm. I think it just it unfortunately led to all of this, and that's why I said it's not necessarily all of Mayaka's fault. It's not necessarily all of David's fault, but in the end, I think this is the best. Like everybody thinks it's like some big blow up. Like they did this, they did that. Yeah, it's, it's nothing like that. <laughs> like when I talked to Joseph, he was like, "Yeah," he was like, "When I had when when I had the meeting, and he didn't, you know, he didn't want to, you know, he didn't say some words that I thought he should have said. I knew it was never going to work. And he said it wasn't all about results. It was about the attitude towards it." You know, um, yeah, yeah I, I think this, I will say this. If he does go to X-ray, though, if he does go to X-ray, X-ray has a long history of fuck your tire deal. You will run what's best. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens when Mr. Hootie says chassis comes first. Now, X-ray way more established than Mayako, you know, probably can throw that type of weight on. Mm-hmm. With, with drivers I think they're going to have to do what Hootie says and if you don't you're going to get in trouble I think that's how yeah. they're going to look at it yeah I think 
Yeah, I think like from like they like what happened with David this year, he was very different this year than last. Yes. Last year he was humble. He was like, okay, let's get things rolling. This year, like he like he was much more uh, disgruntled. He was disgruntled. Say. I would say yeah. he, like in a disgruntled employee. I know exactly how he feels. That's why yeah. I'm trying to say I don't. I understand his side of things. I understand Mayako's side of things. It's like if if you're gonna mess with like. Oh, you want me to now do things that I didn't have to do to make the same amount of money, right? Yeah. I'm gonna be upset with you, you know. And that's just anybody yeah. who's working any type yeah. of company. If you're employee, yeah, for sure. You know, you're gonna feel like that if your company, if your boss says, "Oh yeah, well now you gotta work, do this because you ain't you did this or whatever." You're gonna get disgruntled, and that disgruntled leads to just your performance in the end of the day. And that's what yeah. I think what happened. But I, I think like. Well, I don't obviously know like when this, like when this it this started, but I think like he went to instead of going to Philippine Master, he went to a wedding. Uh, instead of you know going to practice for uh, the Electric European Championships, uh, the warm up, he went to I don't know what he even did. I think he went to play golf or something. Like, but that's I all think, part of being disgruntled. Yeah, I know, but I think like the whole like if you if you're really your biggest goal was to win, you wouldn't do stuff like that. Like, well, that's what think, when you well, that's what happens when your attitude when you get angry yeah. at your employer. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I understand why he was upset, and um, yeah. but I also understand why Mayaka was upset. I tell yeah. you one, I knew, I knew for when I was sitting in that tent at DNC, and the attitude around there was just like. Wow, like you know, you go to this race, and this we expected this this man to win this race, yeah. right? We expected him to win this race, and he he was you know unfortunately in a D main, and like there was no no sense of we're gonna go to a different tire, you know, do that. We was all hoping like you know he'll get onto a different tire, he'll do the bump thing, he'll bump up to the A main and finish the top five, you know, that was the hope because it could have been done, and I knew right yeah. there and then that this was not gonna work. I knew it, yeah. and I knew it was gonna be problems. And so said, so done. Um, what you think? Well, I go back to my question. Do you think if he goes X-ray, do you think he'll be faced? He'll he'll face a situation similar to what Martin Byer has had to face. I think Tasman had to Tasman had to face it at Neo. Do you think that Hootie will be like, "Hey, I'm your chassis sponsor. You do what I say." I think um, I'm almost certain that he will budge under that. <laughs> I'm like. 99% certain. Do you feel like, that because Mayako, new brand, you know, not as much oh, weight, not as much, yeah. he was able to do that type of stuff? He was able yeah, to... Yeah, and the thing is, the thing is, like, David left HP by his own will, mid-contract. Mm -hmm. He left Mayako mid-contract by kind of his own will. A mutual agree, uh, decision, obviously, but he wanted to leave. Mayako was like, okay, if 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 this is the case, we want you to leave too. And if he goes to X-ray and now starts to fight, you know this. Like to be honest, like if he doesn't win all the races next year, and then he's at the race where he could be doing better with another tie, and he pulls uh, like a move, like oh, I'm not switching. Like he has to be scared for his employment at this point. Like because the results he's had this year. Like, what's his best result? Like, has he been top three anywhere this year? Um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. I think he was fourth at IBC. That was his best result. Yeah, maybe. Year. I mean, yeah. I, I just so want like, to. 
do well. You know, I, right? I, yeah, that's that's the thing that annoys me the most. That it, it's not the car that's making him perform bad because he did perform well last year. There, there's no like thing about that. It's it's not fully the tires because Angaro is still doing okay. He's not doing as well as he did last year, but he's doing still well. You know, last but Angaro has been racing a lot. Well, a he lot. has. You know, but also like like Ongaro dominated. A lot of the races last year, this year has been yes. actually struggling at some of them. So, but, like, but so he, David, could be doing just as well as Angaro is doing, you know. So you think it's a little bit a mixture of everything: being disgruntled, not putting in the work, a little bit of the tires, maybe not confident yeah, in the car, yeah, all of that getting, stuff. Yeah, getting a manager to being like he's like. Let's be honest, he's closing in on thirty. He's looking at his savings account. You know, he's thinking about be, life, okay. like. It's not about, oh, I need to go to the RC track and win. It's more like I need to go to the RC track and get some money and win and, you know, get the, all that thing. So I think it's a combination of like I think he's being and, pulled in so many different ways. He's probably oh, being yeah. pulled by so many different ways to go. So, to, yeah. uh, you know, and look, people people are going to say, well, Lefty and Max, you're biased because you're Mayaka guys. Look, I, I run across to my boy. I'm trying to stay as neutral as possible in this whole situation. I'm not happy about it. I talked to him the other day. I told him, I want to, I don't care what brand you run or not. Ever. I just want to see you get back to what you can do. And that's being the best in the world, right? Because I still yeah. think he is one of the best, if not the best RC, over, all of all around RC races in the world. And I just want to see him get back to that. I think, I think some decisions were made in this last year that probably he's going to have to figure out a way to get, to get over them. Mm. And I knew that was going to happen because we're almost on two hours. Uh, well, you know, we still got lots to talk about. I think he's going to have to just figure out how to get over that, put his head down, get back at the track, and put the work in. But I think he's going to come to a... I, I, if if he goes x-ray, because we aren't sure if he's going x-ray, I'm a, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's, he's going... It could be somewhere else that he's going. Or it could be, a, it could be, a, you know what? It could be a whole different scenario altogether that nobody even thought was gonna happen you know but you know, who's you know what happened? he'll do this guy I, i'll i'll tell you a scenario okay this is my scenario he went for what 2019 he went from 2019 to 2022 he went with a car sponsor but no tire sponsor what if now he goes with a tire sponsor but no, no car, car sponsor? sponsor that would yeah, be something. that's his like like Maybe like he's trying to play some 4D chess, you know, he was like, okay, let's try this Mayako thing. Like, like, okay, yeah, we get some good results, but let's, let's make the game a little bit more difficult. Let's not have a car sponsor. Let's just have a fucking tire sponsor. Let's get all the money from there and then try to find a car that makes me work. And, and <laughs> let's, it could be. And, and look, I know a lot of people is going to be like, Blah, blah, you know, you guys are talking shit on Matrix and nothing like that. No, because they've now been in this the offer game for a year now. Obviously, mm-hmm. they're going to be developing the tires and going to be doing things better and all that type of stuff. So they're going to get better as time goes on as well. It's early, early natural that they're going to get better. They have the funds, they have the willing, they have the mm-hmm. passion to get ahead. So he's going to be a part of that as well. But yeah, I what if he just goes no chassis sponsor and just goes, you know, like he did with tires? It would be interesting to yeah. see. I or, think, like, to be honest, yeah, to be honest, like, 
because this year, well, the past two years, this year I've gotten to know him better. I think he has a much more long-term plan in mind where he wants to have like secure money, not like RC mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. That's that's the reason why he left HP too, because that wasn't mm-hmm. secure money. They mm-hmm. were going mm-hmm. bankrupt left and right. And, you know, and I think he, well, I think kind of Robert joining Mayako in some sense kind of fucked it up because last year he was the only driver like all mm-hmm. the focus mm-hmm. was on him he got mm-hmm. everything he wanted but now that robert's there there's more people making decisions he has to play the democracy you know mm-hmm. and i think he he started to realize that okay i don't get all the things i want i want security whatever whatever so what i'm ending up this point is i think he has in mind this situation where he gets a sponsor like well let me throw just out like a random like monster energy mm-hmm. like monster energy sponsors david runnerfog mm-hmm. and he ra- drives any car he wants i mean s works will give him a car for free if he wants to they probably won't pay him but if he gets paid like three four grand from monster energy all travels he gets money from course attack he gets money from like matrix these other sponsors step up yeah he could actually go privateer and maybe this could be like a new way because he's be, always been very professional with his social media. He could become like a YouTube, you know, influencer for, let's say, Monster Energy. Probably not going to be just Monster Energy, but like some yep. company yep. of this yep. extent. That could possibly I, happen. Dude. I see. Awesome. Da- I see David as the only guy who could pull that off. Me too. Me too. But I, but I, I think I have to say that if he goes to X Ray with the mindset that next year he's going to win everything because he's at X-Ray and he doesn't have to change anything, yeah, that he's not going to do well. And if he goes to S-Works with that mindset, uh, JCC will like really be better than him because David got beat straight up by Robert at the Euros this year, okay? Like, that, is, that cannot be the car, okay? And the thing is that David can be the world champion like he did last year. That skill hasn't gone anywhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just the preparation, the confidence, things like that, the whole build to have that level. And I think he's fully capable of that. And I think like actually, if like I actually hope that Monster Energy situation I just laid out would work because that would prove to other RC racers that that is possible. Because I think David is the only one who could make that happen. I agree with you. I think uh, one thing I know about David is that he is going to come up with a vengeance next year, and yeah, I I, I so. can't wait. To, I can't wait to see what happens. Uh, but I also think that it's it's not going to be an easy road. He's gonna he's gonna oh, come no. up against some adversity, uh, and we shall see. It's going to be very interesting. But I love David Ronafalk. That's my boy, and I want him to do well. And I don't want people, you know, but. You know, I re- I really was hoping for the Mayako thing to work out, but we'll see. I mean, he goes yeah. his he goes his way. He's going to be successful, and whatever he does, and then Mayako gets to do what they got to do to make things happen. All right, yeah. um, let's move on to uh, the yeah. next well, big actually, move. Okay, I want to say good. one thing. Like what David did for Mayako was actually like great. Like he did last yeah. year, everything was perfect. He didn't really put a foot wrong anywhere. So I think it just maybe like the 
things that ha- were happening on both sides didn't happen yep. at the right time. I think that's the biggest issue in the end. And I and I could clearly and I could understand him being disgruntled and upset at what happened. Oh, but I could yeah. I understand both. I understand why my uncle was upset. So it's like yeah. what the, it's like. I'll tell you what. It's like having two best. It's like being best friends with two people and they don't like each other. Yeah, yeah. you know they don't like each other. Or they they were we were all friends and now you guys are fighting. It, it yeah. sucks. But to be honest, to be honest, I don't think it was that personal between anyone. It was mm-hmm. mostly like business because like. It was never really about anyone having issues with any person, to be honest. Like, yeah, everyone knows Joseph says things quite straight, but David and Joseph like still talk and they've always been like friends and they like so on. So I don't think it even was anything about that. There wasn't no personal chemistry issues. It was simply just that Mayako didn't see the current situation as like good and David didn't see that he was getting what he wanted from Mayako so it was like that's how I see it to be honest so and I think it's crazy because people always think like oh it was such a great blowout it was actually kind of boring it was just like well kind of don't like this and then like well I kind of (laughs) want to work somewhere else and then it was that yeah that's about all it was it was like one minute you're driving Mayako the next minute you're not uh but he will be he will be fine David will be fine and he will get back what he has to do um all right so moving on we have now wirc formerly known as wrc marco baruffalo leaving techno and joining wrc i he he teased me he's like i'm going to balls and then um i heard that he was going to wrc from a wrc person but not formal wrc person and then um another person told me so i i mean it was kind of kind of um inevitable you know he's italian it's italian based brand uh they 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 wanted him i think uh he uh i think it was normal it was just it was just was gonna happen now while that was happening wrc america like imploded now that's what people think what happened with ronald falk and jq but what happened at did you did you follow any of the wrc uh, USA drama that went on? Not really. Like, okay. I don't really know what happened. All I okay. know is that they, the manufacturer was like, hey, we're stopping. Then some people like, hey, we're quitting. And then like, nothing okay, so was announced for it. I'll, I'll explain what happened. And I'm trying to, I'm going to try to be neutral in this as much as possible. So obviously WRC has had a sketchy type of Start in America. Remember when they first got lots and they had some um, some distributors that was just showing up to races and all that type of stuff. Then Rob Isaac from Fame Wolf and USRC, he got involved and he supported. I believe he supported lots for a year. Then um, Matt Kennedy of Send It RC, he was a great dude, great dude. He brings in servers and all that stuff. He took over distribution of WRC. Now remember this year I said I went to PNB. They so they hired. So also backtrack. They hired Chris Morant, who's a Midwest racer, and they hired Dylan Codwell, who's from Texas, to be their team managers. Now, apart from what I heard, it was supposed to be Chris Morant was supposed to be like the senior team manager, and then Codwell was going to take over from that uh, as they went on. Now I remember, like SIC Codwell went, he had a good show in on the car. I think he made the A main. 
I saw them at PNB. They had the tents up, all that type of stuff. And I was like, yeah, this reminds me of JQ Racing back in the day. You know, there was uh, like my buddy Andy Kirk and a lot of different guys on Facebook. You know, I saw the brand, you know, making, you know, going forward. In America, they hired Cavallari. Mind you, Cavallari didn't have the best results. But I think that was tire-based as well because he went to Wicked Weekend and got a fifth when he switched over to TZO a few months ago. So I thought everything was going smooth. And then I started seeing some kerfuffle. There must have been a kerfuffle with one of the, hey, I'm not trying to get all involved in it. But in the end, the guy Morant quit as manager and then Sanded RC quit as distributor. And wow, did they err ever, like not necessarily them, but um, uh, there was other people, man. That stuff went to Facebook, dude. And like for two days, it was just like, wow. It was like an implosion of epic proportions. So I don't know. But was what it the, like, was it American implosion or was it like? No, it was an American implosion. It was an American yeah, implosion. But was, the, was it basically like all of the people who was involved got into a fight with each other? And then WRC was in Italy, like, oh, what the fuck are they doing? No, 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 no. It sounds like one faction was fighting with the, it was like a, like, it's, it felt like it was some different factions in with the WRC USA group. And there's, and one, you know, one faction started fighting with the other. And then they just, like, it just went, it just snowballed into what we saw. And then, um, who I really feel sorry for this in all of this is actually Send It RC. So, Standard RC put a lot of money into this, right? Bringing in being a distributor. And it's just, it's not good, right? You know, you put all that money into a brand and now it's all kind of going on. I don't know what's going to happen with it. But um, what, what, like, what is that? What was the issue? Like, I don't really understand. Why can't the distributor keep Okay, selling? well, this was on Facebook, so I'll talk about it. Uh, but it's going now. So one of the drivers must have got friendly with the owner of um, WRC, the owner owner of in Italy, and yeah. then it looked like the because he posted all the screenshots on on Facebook, he deleted them after that, right? And I knew something was happening because he started getting very disgruntled a few weeks ago and saying he's selling all his WRC stuff. So from what it sounds like, him and the owner got friendly and the owner must have liked it because he, he done some good for his uh, done some good photography and he, his cars look great too remember we saw that black and white car that was all painted up and we was like man that paint job looks great that, that uh, oh, okay yeah right so it was that car and then apparently the i think like the manager morant and the owner like the owner of the distributor in usa were like hey you know we want you to have a chain of command you ask you know, anything WRC goes through Morant, right? And base, and then I think him and Morant started fighting. And the guy said, well, I'm just friends with the owner. And then they started fighting. And then, I don't know, man, that just kind of snowballed, 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 like anything else when you start fighting with those type of things. And yeah, man, it just, it just imploded from there. Like the guy Morant just said, I'm had enough. I talked to him as well. And he was like, this was the hardest job I've ever done in my life. I was like, Tell me about it. I know all about it. Yeah. Right. I know all about doing what you've done. But do we um, do we know like did did they pull the plug from the Ita Italian end? Like were they like, okay, you guys are screwing shit up? Like I don't think so. I think that that already had been like 
I, from what I I don't know, but from what I got when Morant left and then sent it RC quit as distributor, it was like now it looks like Fame Wolf is the distributor in America now. I'm not sure they got Rob Isaac. So it looks like they're going to be distributing it. And so who knows? He was like the original one that kind of got in contact with after the first first distributor yeah. kind of bailed. So basically he saved them twice in America. I don't know what's happening with that. Basically a little bit, but he, it also might have been, he might have been part of the, it, it might have been all, I don't know, dude. It, it, it is such a whole bunch of, of, of stuff. And then like even Morant was saying, also one of the complaints was that Italy wasn't listening to the American market. That's what I heard too. Okay. So they weren't listening to what the American guys wanted and all that type of stuff. But it, it's kind of sad because all that hard work over the last year and a half kind of went down the drain. Now they got to build that. Like, all, now you got to know, like, so all the guys that were on one side of the faction, they're going to leave the team. Yeah. And then those guys are kind of pissed off because some of them, they pre-ordered like the new Truggy and E-Buggy. And now like they can't, they want to get their money back and they can't, or they're trying to, I don't know how that's going. I need to find out of that, but it just, it just was messy. So Fame Wolf is going to be their distributor. Apparently I saw a post with that. The, the both factions kind of took on their, their pace, Facebook posts and all that stuff. But the real person who I feel bad for is Tended RC because they went out on a limb and did this. And who knows how much product they have in, 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 and money invested in that. Right. And then all kind of on the innocent side of all this is freaking Cavalry. Right. Yeah. He's like there. He's like, man, I just done well with this car. What happens to him? Because now Italy's hired Marco, right? Mm -hmm. I know if if any other this like usually when when US distributors come along, they they have to pay for the US driver or pay half the driver. Usually how it works is they pay half or a percentage, and then the factory or the the main owner pays half. So they were half paying Cavalieri, I believe, or full paying. Not sure which one it was. So what happens to him? Like, you know, what happens to Cavalier? Is he still with WRC or WIRC or not? Um, so, yeah, with all that, like with the rebranding to WIRC, which means World Innovative RC car, Racing Cars, because remember, there was WRC before and you used to get confused with W World Rally Championship yeah. all the time. Marco has a good buggy land, you know? Does yeah, well with it's, it's crazy truggy. because, like, the last year, that was kind of a flop, you know, like mm -hmm. lots didn't get any good results. He flamed out or broke or always something. But now Cavalry has gotten some top fives at competitive races, made the main at DNC. Like pretty solid results, to be honest, considering what he got last year. Yeah. And now so, like everything goes to shit around <laughs> him. So. Yeah, so I'm like, I don't know what's gonna happen here. Like, is he out? It sounds like he's out, right? But Marco's in Marco's coming to AMS to in the car. He had a good weekend this past week. I think he finished fourth and he won Truggy, even though it was only him and Boots and Figueredo and Truggy. But it's like you do all this, you sign Barufalo and do all this stuff, and then like on the other side across the pond, like it's it crumbled, like and it crumbled. I think I think uh the fact that they have committed to going to AMS. I yeah, but think I think it, that's I think that's more Nicola than anything. That is true. That because is when true. I when I was like, "Hey, Nicola, I want you," you should, he's like, "I he Nicola's like, I will bring Marco." Like, because you know, Nicola takes Marco pretty much. Yeah, yeah. 
Bravo, right? So I don't that know, man. It's I probably don't, not WRC. It's Nikola. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're helping. I'm pretty sure they're helping. Well, probably, but, we, I, but they don't. They didn't have that idea. Like probably it was Marco who asked, "Hey, can you give me plane tickets?" And that was that was all. I mean, but it it, it all that hard work they put into building the brand over the last year or so, and it kind of just went down a drain in two days on Facebook. Yeah. And now I don't know. Can they? I mean, if Rob Isaac is the distributor, he's going to have to dig that out of that hole, and 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 get that get go get that going again, right? So I don't know what the future holds for WRC. Um, you know, I talked to one friend of mine who runs the car, and it's just like I'm out, like I'm done. I'm going to get another cars, like I'm finished. And I think, yeah, but I think, you know, they kind of have. It's it's just like it's that whole brand in America has been mired in, in in just craziness, like from the start. First with lots, signing lots, then the the, the distributors that were in charge are not showing up to races, probably not paying lots too. Now Rob Isaac kind of rescuing Lux in that situation from it, from what I was told. Then him getting it to send it, and now it's back with him again. So I hope that they can get it. Um, they the brand on the Italian side seems to be committed to doing the, what's 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 supposed to be done. Obviously, they just hired Marco. Marco needs a, a secure ride as well. You know what I mean? Um, because Marco's awesome. Like. Guy wins Silver State and is, is out at Techno. I think that's more him, though. I think he wanted to go somewhere where he's probably going to get paid more as well. Uh, and he had a good result this past weekend, and it's going to be interesting to see what he does at AMS. All right. Um, any thoughts on that before we move on to some of the other things that I have here? Um, Marco was a really good move for WRC. Like, what? This is probably their best result all year from Europe. You know, well, oh, they had Tresofan who was doing really good. They have, uh, yeah, well, he made the Euros main last year, but this year, he's yeah, but I think good. he he faded and went to school. Well, um, he was at the Euros, but he was doing pretty much the same as me. Oh, <laughs> so was he? He was he he was pitting uh, next to me or like okay. on the other side of the table, and okay. we was like almost every round was pretty similar. And we so I sucked, so obviously he sucked too. Okay. <laughs> um. All right, so I, I don't know what the future holds for WRC. All I know is that all that stuff that came out on Facebook last week should have been handled internally, like to save all yeah. of this, you know, because it was messy. And, and I, I think hope- that if if it's if it is like that, you told how it be- began, like that's just a stupid move from the manage- management. I don't know like- what they're gonna do. And then they changed the name to WIRC. And yeah. and part of me wants to say, did they get a call from WRC like World Rally yeah. Championship? You know, they're probably yeah, I'm probably more hateless now. Who but how do you how do you say like WIRC or do you say work? Or I like... don't know. I, like some people thought it was a slash, and then people were like no, it means international. But I was like, why would you say World International Race Cars? I mean, World and International the same thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. But they have a new truggy. They have a new e-buggy, and I'm pretty sure a new nitro buggy is coming as well. Isn't it the state of that brand buggy? in America, though, it's going to be, we're going to see. I mean, they got to compete with all the other brands of chassis that are coming out because, hey, what it is right now, this is the year of chassis and tires because we forgot to talk about one tire. So we'll talk about that before we leave, uh, before we finish silly season. All right. Um, the next big rumor that I'm hearing or what I'm hearing, and I've heard this multiple times and I've heard this for quite some time, is that Boots might be out of S-Works. 
Yeah, I to be honest, now like I think they should tell him more often that he's without a contract because he almost he was pretty much winning Bagilan before he broke. He finished second at the Euros. He won um, that um Italian yeah, race. Yeah, yeah, beat Polito at least. Best you know when no, I think Longaro no, was, was there. You yeah, know when there, we I was just saying, like again, once again, I, I apologize to Boots because I was like, hey man, I think he's at the end of his career. And he comes out, and this second, this last six months of his year has been great. I mean, he was absolutely flying at um Buckingham this past weekend. He mm-hmm. would have won that shit. Yeah. So I think he's like. Motivation, man. Um, the rumors are Agama. That's what I keep hearing. That would make sense. UK based. Uh, they have already in it- Italy. Agama has quite a strong base because Mao is there. And then they have this uh, previous Ongaros Padawan, uh, Alessandro Scaramacino, or something like this. Mm. He's driving Agama. Uh, a lot of uh, like. Agama drivers are already on reds. So, I mean, yeah, I could see that happening. Actually makes more sense than I thought it would. But I think but, they but Agama he's doing also so well, driver. right? Why would Esfars get rid of him? I think he's doing well. He's 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 won silver star. He's been with Esfars for quite some time. Well, maybe so. maybe Ronafog's going there now. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. That's but I, I think I think if Ronifog goes X-ray, it's pretty certain that Boots stays S-Works. Maybe somebody else is going S-Works. Who would be going? I don't know, but there's also some rumors about maybe another driver re- retiring, an American driver retiring. I'm not going to say who, but I heard that rumor. Yeah. Maybe Kiddush brothers throw a curveball and go to. Maybe. Uh, I, I don't... I don't. Does, does S-Works need the Killick brothers? Maybe not after Buggy. <laughs> Maybe not I think after I think if they hire the Killich for this, they're gonna buy have to buy some boxing gloves for the kids. Yeah. I think uh yeah that we're gonna talk about that in our in our buggy land recap. I don't think we're gonna be able to do questions because we're going so long on this. Yeah, we're gonna yeah, have to we're do questions to. next week. Um all right, and then other the other rumor that I heard was Angaro not being happy at associated. I heard that was circulating at the Euros. Uh, I, obviously, that would mean that he wants to get paid some more, which I understand that. Uh, Nick was openly talking about it on the on the Buggyland coverage this past weekend. I think all that's kind of been nipped in the butt because, um, yeah, he, that man he, just went full drive uh, yeah. worlds, right? Pay that man. Yeah, I, 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 and I think like, I mean, he wins so much. Like, well, I, I bet like not this year, but I think like. If you compare like Ongaro to Ronefog, like not this year, but when Ronefog was at HP, he probably got quite a good salary. But because Ongaro won pretty much every single fucking race he went to, I bet like Ongaro's salary is like half uh, contingency, half salary. I, I, I heard, I kind of heard how his how things work, and yeah, they should pay that man. They should pay him. Where would Ongaro go? That works. Yeah, maybe they're... Oh, my God. Canas and Ongaro on the same team? Like, who can beat them after that? Nobody. I think, no, but I don't think that's going to happen. It sounds like he's happy there. Um, he yeah, he, he have, does want Buggy Land. 
Uh, yeah, also, put a lot of work into AE in Italy. Like his dad, he's been pushing AE in Italy for so long. They have a huge team. So it mm. would be crazy for them to just switch over. Maybe on Morrow. Maybe on Morrow comes to Mayako. Uh, don't start. I think Mayako is staying at AE. But that would be amazing. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah, maybe maybe because now Ronald leaves and T Boy is retiring, then next year. We have uh, Tessman and Ongaro. <laughs> These oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no. I've heard that um, uh, Mayfield's not happy at Techno. Maybe he's coming to Mayako. Oh, my gosh. See, you're starting a whole bunch of rumors now. I mean, yeah, that's what the people say on the streets. That's the word on the streets. But we don't. Yeah. We go by actual... And, <laughs> hey, and we should do, like, a spin off the wheel... For each silly season, like which companies Horizon gonna buy this time? We should, you know, spin we the should. wheel. Which which companies getting acquired? There's rumors are floating. There's a rumors are floating. Yeah, that some companies are getting bought. Um, all right, and before maybe we they go, buy our podcast. Well, then then they would censor us. Yeah, we would be only only allowed to say that the armor cars with the Spectrum servers are so good. Well, I actually would like some armor car, especially that new Mojave 4S yeah. that they just released. Yeah. Um, tires, another tire company. We have Gene the Machine Hickerson with uh, dialed, uh, dialed tires because he lost, I believe he lost VP Pro distributorship that he had for many, many years. So now he's bringing out his own brand of tires. Dude, I, there's two things I, I would think, not do I think, in RC right now. I think that explains the current tire game right now. You lose distributorship, so you just make your own. <laughs> yeah, dude, I don't. There, there are so many tire brands out right now. I don't know if that's something I want to get involved in. And then you got. I think it's so much competition. Yeah, I think it's just like a huge pyramid scheme. It's like, hey, I'm making my own tires, and I'm I'm getting rich off of this. You do it too, and tell your three other friends. You know. I think it's kind of it's it's like that right now because it's in Italy it used to be like Hot Race, now it's like Matrix. Uh, they have other brands like smaller ones in Spain. There's Ogo, Pro Circuit. In France, there's uh, Jetco, Donuts. Ogo too, because uh, I think uh, isn't Ogo no Jetco is uh, Kyosho, well, Jetco right? is actually uh, Jetco is like the Kyosho distribution. Okay, and then there's James, yeah, and then there is seismic, like uh, seismic from France as well. Sweep, I'm gonna just go on. That's Asian, I think. All right, let's let's listen. Yeah. Let's look at this real quick. Pretty much Dowd, everyone and their and their best friend has their own tire company. Dowd RC launched Dowd RC racing tires. Gene, the machine Hickerson's company, Dowd RC have announced the launch of their new brand, Dowd RC racing tires. Designed and developed and produced in the USA, says the developed and produced in the USA. I don't know if maybe that's. I don't uh, know if they're producing the USA. Know. I'm gonna, I, I think maybe. I'll ask Gene this weekend. I'll ask him. Um, the new the new range of tires will be available in March on March 20, 2024. Starting with tires for eight scale buggy and eight scale truggy. It will release eight scale truggy will be released next summer. I don't know if these how are. how expensive are they? If they are made and produced in the USA, he's either expensive. making them in his freaking uh what is it? Um I think they've been developed in USA, whereas he's been testing yeah. treads and all that stuff. I think yeah, that's I think yeah, that's yeah. some wording wrong there. 
But we shall see. I'll see. G- I think I'll see Gene this weekend at Epic. So I will ask him. Max, anything else you want to add on this? Uh, I so just before we close out on silly season, we had we did a lot of news this weekend, but we had a lot to catch up on. And I think being as we've been going for two hour and a half hours, we're not going to be able to do questions this week. But we did yeah. answer some of those questions that have been asked. Um, we'll um, ask some more in the next in the next segment. Um, let me let me talk a little bit about Ongaro. Um, ooh, he ooh, had ooh. a blocked engine. No, uh, at, no, at no. It wasn't engines. It was it was the bodies. A matrix bodies. Okay, because he has his own engine from OS already. Mm-hmm. So I thought he was gonna come out with a new model, but the bodies make much more sense. Yeah, yeah. That's why he had yellow. We go banana yellow yeah. and white bodies. He's got they've got matrix bodies coming out. So matrix hitting it. Ma- matrix going in deep. They're going. You, you know who else? What other tire company makes bodies? Two other Proline and um JC and hot See? race hot race makes bodies. Hot, hot race makes yeah, bodies. Yeah, 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 bodies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But one red bodies, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, they will go to matrix yes. makes also like Android bodies, but. I heard like, like, well, I'm not going to say who I heard this from, but it was basically one of the Italian manufacturers said that if the other one makes something, we're going to no. copy it or make better. <laughs> I yeah. could see that. I could but see they, that. they have like, it's full on like mafia level rivalry, like Italian um, connection, not intended, but like mm-hmm. it's a full on like mafia pride war of bodies and tires oh my gosh all right well you know what that's enough rc news let's get on to the buggy land x with with max's loud mouse i was trying to find pictures of omara's car but i put them in there oh you mean like actual pictures yeah like on track who was taking pictures at that race uh rc special okay let me you can you can bring us into the buggy land and have some techno right. movie so, go on, and then I'll find us pictures. This main interview is brought to you by Techno RC and Beach RC. Techno RC. Techno RC is a championship-winning manufacturer of high-performance A-scale, TED-scale, nitro, and electric RC buggies and trucks. With a worldwide dealer network, USA and Europe-based headquarters, comprehensive warranty program, and global race support, Techno RC is excellence in RC. View the full lineup of Techno RC race-proven vehicles by visiting www.technorc.com. All right, thank you to Techno RC for all their continued support. Really enjoying my MT410. Uh, waiting for a wheelie bar for that to go do some more racing. But also, don't forget, BTRC usually brings you the bench racing Q&A, but we're not going to do that this week because we've been going for so long and Max is probably tired. Uh, we, don't forget, BTRC, we have an affiliate link for that. It's in the written description of this podcast. Please use it. Helps us out. Thank you to Lucas and uh, Brent. and Sorry, to Brent and Lucas and everybody at BTRC. I'll be at BTRC at the end of the month for the Masters of Dirt. And I can't wait. Yeah, use that affiliate link, everybody, please. BeachRC.com, the racer's one-stop online hobby shop. Choose from all the popular brands and variety in stock with super fast shipping and great customer service. 
BeachRC.com still has the local hobby shop feel with all the benefits of the internet. BeachRC.com is the exclusive distributor for Ultimate Racing, JQ Racing, Pro Circuit Racing Tires, Nitro Lux Fuels, and Assault RC Performance Products. So fill up your cart and check out at BeachRC.com today. All righty then. We are ready for the Buggy Land. Buggy Land X took place in Madrid. I don't know how. Frunar Frunar Carl. Frunar Carl. I don't know how to say that, but this is the Frank Carl. See, you know, Max knows how to say it, and I don't. This is the brainchild of Miguelo, who who doesn't get the credit that he he should as being as one of the best uh, track builders on this planet because he does build some beautiful, absolutely beautiful tracks. And this is his track that he has built. This is the 10th iteration of this, this race. He also does, has done two races in the USA as well, but we're going to bring up and show you guys a little bit of this track. This is actually a three, no, a two of the race, which was very controversial by the way. Um, so anyway, this race, Attracted all the big stars in eight-scale racing in Europe and Salty Joe, all the way from Bermuda. Except Ronald Falk. Obviously, Ronald Falk wasn't there because he doesn't have a chassis sponsor. And we saw, you know, basically all the top guys. We saw the Killick brothers. We saw no Bruno Coelho because he was at the room, that Monaco race in Rome, that touring car race in Rome. Uh, we saw the Killicks, JCC, the Parentes, Robert Battier, Joao uh, Figueredo showed up on qualifying day. Who else was there? Savoya was there. Jordan Lott, who I want to talk about, who I think is now the new top French guy. Um, Boots was there. Who else was there, man? Let's see. Um, I have a Mecca. Who else was there, Max? It was okay. There so we have Ruffalo. Pretty much, pretty much yeah. everyone. Barton. Except for Ryan Yeah. Except for Ronafalk. So A2 was kind of heated. Well, let's get into it. Let's let's show everybody the track. What do you think about the track, Max? We'll I'll I'll add this to the to the view and we will watch this race while you think get yeah. So have you been to this track before, Max? I've been how many times would I say? At least twice. Once for Euro B 2014. And then once for practice, at least, before the Euros in Portugal in 2018. So at least twice. It's a very... He does... Like, Miguel always does this very... Uh, how do you say? Like, up and down, roller coaster, cambered, you know, these type of layouts. A very high elevation, things like that, so... It's always been a really actually flowing track here. It's, mm -hmm. it's usually quite high grip. This time it was much more slippery than it usually is. Maybe, maybe it's the full time because it's actually buggy land. It's usually rather slippery. Mm -hmm. Not like really slippery, but like not as grippy. But during the summer, it's like really, really uh, like full on, you know, maximum grip. How do you call it? Okay. Um I, I really wanted to go to this race. 
And JQ was like, you should come. And I was like, well, I, I can't really get budget for it. But I did get to be a part of this race last minute as Matt from RC Racing TV contacted me to be a commentator virtually. And it's funny because I wasn't sure how this was going to work out. And then when people started asking me if I'm at Buggy Land, I was like, no, I'm at home. Uh, doing this uh, so I got to call a race with Nick it's been about a it's been a year so I haven't called a race with him since the worlds <clears throat> no that's a lie since um last round of RCGP so I woke up and I was just here on my computer at home and I was calling this race with him and it worked out pretty good it was a little bit difficult because uh we you can't see him so we was, uh, it took a while to get our cadence but I thought the track was absolutely amazing man it, it's it's up and down uh, he did a complete rebuild for it as well as I'm told. And man, this guy built some really great tracks. I got to see his track at IBC at the B-Buggy Arena. It's very good. So he he does build, he has a very, he has a unique style of building his tracks that you can tell, like you can tell a Miguelo track. Oh yeah, uh, it's it's always that um, up and down, you know, like here, mm-hmm. instead of having just a downhill and then a double, there's like stairs and then, you know, a little dip. Uh, then you have the double off canvas. Um, and also this, like, he always has this, a few very high speed sections, especially like the right side and the back straight. Oh and yeah. So the back, straight, very the back straight with those jumps, those jumps are so fast. As we see, this is the start of a two, a two. Yeah. This is where all the controversy started. Like that section's yeah. hard. I would be jumping over those matrix banners and into the yeah. back. Well, many people do. Um, all right, so this is actually Kanas and Angaro right behind them, and I think that's Kilik right there behind them. So I just want to say that I really do like this track. The entry list was stacked. This is probably the last they say that the Reds GP will have a good bit of people as well. Um, at the end yeah. of the next weekend, it's been, it's been growing every year. So we, I don't, we might get to see a oh, good and the Angaro race. That's going to happen yep. now. No, it, no, it happened already. Oh, ads, sorry. <laughs> it happened already. It did? Yeah, it happened the week before this. Oh, so no one went? That's why I missed it? Well, it, it rained and a lot of people stopped going because Joseph and, uh, and Robert were supposed to go. It rained really hard before that and a lot of people skipped out, but it happened. But also didn't have coverage, right? So yeah, here we are. Okay. Here we are with Angaro and Kanas. Kanas was fast again at this race. I think he kind of goes into this race as the favorite, especially after coming off that dominating win at the Euros. You know, this has just been like the year of Kanas. He's had a very, this is his best year to date, but he made that mistake right there. But one thing I can say is that Kanas made a lot of mistakes this weekend at this race, and this is actually what caught him, cost him a light. So you got Kanas, Angaro, and Kilek. So we're watching this race because a lot of kerfuffle Started in this race and then finished in A3 of, of E-Buggy. So they had, so at this race they had E-Buggy, E-Truggy, Truggy, and they, it's, it's, it's formed like an American race. So they have Sportsman, Intermediate, Pro. Um, they had a 35 plus class, which JQ absolutely blew it and could have been champion of, but he blew it on the last lap on the last corner. Um, so it's very it's very much styled off off of American race, different because you don't see this over in Europe much. It's usually all Ifmar style, ladder style mains. So this actually had A, B, C, and D. They had triple triple electric mains for everything. So they only had like a B main in most classes, I think, maybe a C main. 
but everybody got triple amens, triple 10 minute amen. So you got lots and lots of runtime at this race. Yeah, but I think actually it's kind of unfair that electric classes get so much less track time in general if you have the single main. Like obviously in America, Nitro gets so little track time too that it doesn't really make make a difference. But a lot of European races, like with a Nitro, you get 20 or even 30 minutes sometimes. And electric, you might get only one 10-minute main. Yeah, well, the AMS... At the race I went to, Georgia Peach State Classic, everybody got double mains. And then it was yeah. triple mains think, for the yeah. A mains. Now, I'm fine with that. Give everybody double mains and then triple mains, especially at a race like this where it didn't have that many entries. It's possible. Um, yeah. And AMS will have all double mains and triple A mains for electric. Uh, Truggy class wasn't too big. It was only 10 entries. Uh, Marco Barufalo won that, and Boots came second. Uh, E-Truggy was... Actually, bigger was 16 of them. I think e Truggy is just gaining popularity worldwide. We saw John Perek Sartell, who is a uh, European champion of the Sartell family, running techno too. I, I saw that a lot of French guys are running techno now. So, techno must be making a push in France. Uh, a lot of Kyoshos came because this is apparently close to France as well. And a lot of the French Kyosho guys came over. Actually, yeah, you know, well, it was a good race too. Yeah. The B mains of pro because they had like Petco, Jordan Lott. Uh, and, a, and a couple other fans like uh, Montero and the Baldo brothers. Those were some good mains, man. Right where, in that corner right there, we see we saw Pecco force a pass right there because he is in the B main. Um, yeah. yeah, man. It was a great race. Salty Joe was there. He was giving me updates. He said he enjoyed himself. He said it was a little bit hard because they kind of, what they should have done was put the, like they should have had a Nitro man, Electric man, Nitro man, Electric man. He said, because he had to like, he had, he had to, uh, he was like in Sportsman Nitro Buggy. He had a race that B main. He bumped up. He had to go out and turn marshal intermediate main. Then he was in the, in the A main or B main or whatever for that, for the, his Sportsman race right away. So he didn't have much time. Um, yeah. But let's talk about the pros because that's what we're here to talk about. So A2, once again, we, we see JCC. He's out there. He's doing really well. But then I think coming up soon, he makes a mistake and then he, him and Burak got caught up in a mess, which I actually think was fair racing this time. I think it was no real big thing with Burak. I think he was racing fair. Uh, I guess we'll wait till we, that comes up and we'll talk about it a little bit more. It should be coming up soon. Uh, but this segment of the track, Angaro was so fast, man. That back section, yeah. he was able to make up so much time. And what I noticed was Kanas was so much faster in these small, these corner sections right here, the middle of the track and all that stuff. Uh, in Nitro Buggy, they also had a 60 minute Nitro Buggy man, which proved to be great for Angaro because he he drove really well. There we see Killek, that was a beautiful pass by Killek right there. Killek is so yeah. fast, man. These Killek brothers yeah. are so fast. I think, like, the thing with Killich and Kanath, uh, it, it's a lot like what's the difference between them and let's say Angaro and Ronefolk. Is that Kanas, Kilich brothers, mostly Burak. I think Birkin is a little bit different, but Burak and, and Kanas, both of them are able to drive at their 100% at all times. You know, they are able to drive a 10 minute main at their 100%. The issue is, though, that because that's the way they have to drive, they set their car up in a way where they can drive that way. 
when they go into a track like this where it's so technical, it's so easy to make a mistake and they drive their 100%, they easily make more mistakes, you know, like happens with Canas. Whereas Ongaro, I think he's always driving like, let's say, 90, 95. And then if he has to, he can go to that 100, you know? Man, his his car is okay. more difficult to drive. Yeah, okay, I, I so, can see the battle going on. <laughs> okay, so let's go back. So that was actually Borak got in front of got in front of um let's see. Hello. Oh, oh that's way too much. Back to an ad. Sorry. Uh that's a little bit too much. Yeah, way too much. Uh let's go forward a little bit. Oh, this is so difficult. Oh, all right. Oh, that really didn't make any difference. All righty. So here we see Kanas yeah. is out front. He's he's got uh ooh. Yeah, so, that's, okay. that's yeah, that's where Ongaro makes the mistake and Borak yeah. gets by, and this is where the party starts pretty much. <laughs> yeah, this is where it starts. Yeah. Because Borak is he is flying. I I did miss where he passed on uh, where he passed Kanas. So let's see if I can figure that out as well as we go. Because it's all clean up to this point, right? Yeah. Borak is like, dude, look how much speed. Okay, look how much speed he's carrying on that back section. Jesus. Yeah. He is flying. Yeah, also, uh, you can see from Kanas that he's here. He he took a protective line. Now mm -hmm. Borak gets by like. Kanas wasn't driving comfortably there. And that's why Borak was just like such an, just trying to find a way by because like he could see that Kanas was slowing down. Right. And now obviously Kanas is going to give some back to Borak here. Uh, I think so far it has been like, I don't think Borak did anything bad there. I think here is where most of the carnage happens at this lap. I think this, yeah, that was kind of close, but Kanas handled it good. And then here. That slowed um, down. Yeah. Here, Kanas, I think this was a fair pass. Kanas mm -hmm. did quite well. And Borak slowed down. That was actually pretty smart. I think here is where more. the here's where the issues start. Mm-hmm. Because Borak just straight up T-bones Kanas. Okay, Kanas gets to go first, but then Borak comes and hits him again or goes inside again. No, um, see, that's where the, that's where this scatter action comes because was Borak Borak had the line and poor Angari, he yeah. gets caught up all in the in the all in the mix of that. Let's uh let's see if he can go back a little bit. All right. Uh, did I go back too far? You need to you need to use your arrow keys, dude. Oh right, in it. Sorry. Okay, learn something new every day. Yeah, you can go like five seconds. See, for all of you guys watching it, you can skip this podcast five or ten seconds back by using the arrow keys too. If, <laughs> if <laughs> watching this again is bothersome. All right, let's see where it starts right here. Yeah, here. Oh, it's at the end of this lap. But starts going up the hill. I think they start getting yeah. mad at each other here. 
Yeah, here is where Kanas goes inside. Borak is like, no, you ain't. And here is kind of where Borak just outpowers him. Kanas gives him a little touch on the inside, then gets by here. So this is where Borak is like, okay, what the fuck? You hit me and then you try to pull a pass. So obviously Borak has to go protective. Here Borak is actually really smart because normally people would be a little mad, not focusing enough, and would just go here and touch here. But he breaks, he takes it easy. But then kind of this is a very just stupid move because there's no way you're going to get inside there. Just straight up T-bone. Okay. Okay, so that, but okay, here we are good. And the issue now is that Burak is trying to go to the inside straight after that team, bro. And here you can see Burak over-rotates the car. He tries to block off the way from Kanas. Where Kanas is powering out, Burak is like trying mm -hmm. to power mm -hmm. in. He's like way over-rotated. And this causes the fact that he hits the rear tire of Kanas. Kanas keeps it pinned. Burak keeps it pinned. Both fly off and then Ongaro gets collected because both of the cars are flying like crazy. But I think it's just both of these guys just got pissed at each other, forgot that they have actually a race to win. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that's what happened. But okay, so Porak gets hit her. He does not actually hit Kanas her. No, no, no. That was just Kanas going wild. That's what I'm saying because Borak hits him in the corner here. He over-rotates. But then it's just Kanas going wild, Bora going wild, and then Ongaro getting collected in the end. Yeah, but, but none of them hit Ongaro. I think he just kind of got frazzled. No, no, no. I think I think he got hit in the air. It's hard to see, but I think because he car landed very weird. But he gets marshaled here. What happens now? Does Ongaro just continue? Yeah, he continues. Yeah, because he got marshaled like he cut the whole track, and now he's second. Sorry. Ads. <laughs> YouTube gets double ads. So they go yeah, back and have a look at the it. Replay. Hmm. No, actually, Ongaro doesn't hit them. That's surprising. I know. He just gets frazzled. Yeah, but then he, then he effectively cuts the track. Because okay, JQ Jr. Okay, JQ Jr. No, but I didn't know about that. But that's, I don't know. I mean, that wasn't that wasn't fresh, as the kids say it. <laughs> yeah. Um. But then this leads for Burkan and and Boots to have a battle to the end, and I think these two get in it too at some point. <clears throat> and dude, you are swallowing loud too. Yeah, I'm a little bit sick, so... <laughs> Gives him like, I have Max lots is of swallowing loud. Not only is his mouth loud, but he's swallowing loud. <laughs> but uh, Boots is flying. Barkan's flying, too. I don't remember what exactly happened with these guys. We'll keep it playing to this. So we agree that's kind of like... Kanas hit Burak. Burak hit Kanas. Then kind of like 50-50 on the coming out of the corner. Yeah. yeah but then Kanas... He made the mistake of hitting the pipe and, and doing that. I think that was all on him yeah. after being frazzled. But this carried into A3, which RC Special actually has it. But the video is, I don't know if you can see, the video is kind of small. Um, but what I want to do is go see the, the interaction on the driver's stand that they had. So we'll go to that. Let me, let me actually get that. Oh, you're going to get it? Okay. So... You know, this caused a, a, a big kerfuffle 
Um, and you know, it's it's the Killix again, as it, unfortunately it seems to always be the Killix, even though I like them. But I would say in that case, that started with Kanas, and it kind of finished with Kanas. Like, yes, Kanas hit him, Barack T burned him. Then they kind of turned it, then Barack turned it, he over rotated. And I think that was a racing incident after that point. And then the actual crash with Kanas was all Kanas's fault after that. So he had no reason to be, he, the only person he can be mad at was himself for being upset that he crashed like that, you know, because he didn't have to crash. And then even Borak should be upset that he crashed himself. See, Borak is flying right here. Wow. Jesus, he is fast. Wow, he is flying, flying, flying. Um, all right. So we're going to see the incident between Borak and Boots coming up here soon. As Max finds the RC special kerfuffle on a driver stand, which happened in A3. So anyway, let me tell my story. While I'm watching A3, I can't see what's going on. Okay, okay. So Boots is a little bit upset about that, where Borak kind of got into him. Uh, but that wasn't, that was, okay, okay. Did you see that? Oh, that's what, okay, okay. <laughs> it's like, all right, I'm dealing with Borak, and then Barkan kind of took him out going over that jumble. Let's see that again. Let's didn't Ovara win the last, uh, the second main? Let's see that again. Let's see that again. Let's slow it down. So here we are, last lap. Borak comes in. He kind of gets a little crazy, tries to go on the inside. Okay, yeah, Boots has reason to be mad about that. Yeah, I mean, that's a takeout. <laughs> Then Boots comes back across. Dylan first. Barack tries to go on the inside. Nothing happening there. They go up. Then they're going to set up. Barack's going to go on the inside here. Or try to. Oh, oh no, no, no. Boots screws up. Boots, 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 Boots goes jumps wild. to the pipe. Yeah. Yep. That was fair, I think. Because Boots, Boots went wide because he hit the pipe. And now he takes Burak out. So that's actually 100% on boots. Yep. Let's that, see that, that was again. nothing. Burak did nothing wrong here. Yeah, boots so hits boots the pipe hit, and goes wide. Yeah. And Burak comes in, takes the line, squares up, and then boots just hits him in the rear. That's 100% on boots. And you know who's behind them all? Barkan, like, you hit my brother. Yeah, now. Let's yeah, see. I, that was just like a racing incident. Boots hits the pipe again, slides into Burak. That was this was 50 50. That later one, this was 100% on boots. Burak did nothing wrong here. So here, boots comes in, hits the pipe, slides into Burak. I think that's 50 50 racing incident. Neither of them could have done anything. And then, I don't know. I think that was that was unfortunate. I don't know. Boots was out of out of sequence. Berkan came in a little bit too hot, I have to say. But, yeah, but Berkan had that line going in there. Yeah, it it was yeah, and there's lots of things happening around. Boots is like wait, look at Boots, he's like way out of sequence. Mm -hmm. I have to be honest here, like I've seen the Kilich brothers, both of them do a lot of dumb shit. 
but they saying it like they saying the dumb shit like that was 100% on boots most of it was his own fault this last one i'd say was just unfortunate yes berkin could have like bro- broken and squared up and so on but yeah i don't know and here boots like like boots just fucks himself here at this point after the crash same with kanas i don't think he is any right to be more mad than any other well he's big mad big mad yeah well he was big mad but should we take a look at it now yeah hold on let me let me let me bring that up we are geeking right out on this we we are we are like espn slow-mo and everything else all right let's go okay you can see it right yep so this is from rc special let me actually put it a little bit back because the first take had already happened so burak is here i think he's in fourth or something second third fourth something around there uh yeah canas takes him out burak what did did your video stop uh, stop and go and now he also passes canas like that okay you're gonna have to go back because we Okay, it it mine froze, so I missed it. Can we go back and see it again? Okay, yeah. So basically, Burak overtakes Kanas after he's cut the track, right, right there. Now they hit. Kanas is fucking pissed at this point. So what happens <laughs> is he he jumps inside the pipes, flies over. Okay. Burak has got a penalty. Uh. And right now he's kind of Ongaro is winning this. Now there's there's nothing to be said. Kanas is way back. Murak comes into the pits to serve his penalty. Okay, comes out the pits right in front of Kanas. Okay, Kanas hits him again, cuts the track where Burak cut the track last time around. Steers straight into Burak. Okay, <laughs> right here they're battling. A fucking hundred and takeout. Both stop their car. Kanas goes and tries to throw hands to Burak. Battle stop stop his car in the middle of the track. Pushes Kanas away back to his position, <laughs> and then they all continue racing. I uh, send it back. Rewind that. Rewind. I want to see that again. Okay, so basically, from- it all starts from from the beginning. Yeah, I want to see where Borak hit Kanas from the beginning. I want to see that again. Okay. No, it actually started out. Kanas hit Borak. That's how it started okay. out. So it starts out uh, right about here. Okay. Here, Kanas is behind Borak and hits him here. Ah. Let me let me take it back a it. little bit. Um, we go half speed. We don't need this point. Oh no! What happened? Okay, to a half speed, Kanas is really close, crosses over, hits Burak, gets under his wing. Burak just like, okay, this guy again, cuts the track, okay? Not cool, but he gets a penalty for cutting the track, which is what he should be getting. Go back to the okay. cut track. I missed it. I missed it. Sorry. Yeah. Go so, back five seconds. So here is where Burak gets taken. Yeah. Gets taken out and then he just goes over the track. 
you can see it on the bottom. It just goes over. Okay, the but he doesn't. He doesn't touch Kanas. No, 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 no. He hasn't touched Kanas yet. He touches Kanas <laughs> first time here. Okay. Now he gets by Kanas. Burak brake checks him, and they both crash. And now Kanas is like pissed. And this is where on the on the after these jumps, he will be. He, Kanas will be jumping inside here and flying over the pipes like this and rolling over. Okay, so now half a lap, lap goes by, so I'm going to rewind. Uh, what, do, what do you call it? Now Burak comes into the pits. Okay, this is after the incident. This is the penalty for cutting the track. And luckily for us, as these, uh, we have this huge thirst for drama, they come next to each other out of the pits. Okay, and this is where the craziness starts. Kanas gives him a little tap, gets squirmy. It's like, hey, you did it last lap. Why can't I do it now? Burak comes back. Kanas just almost like straight up front end collides with him. Then Burak lets him by to show him what's going to happen. Here, like the perfect takeout. A little tap on the rear wheel. And now you can see, we can see Kanas here. You can hear shouting on the video. Kanas here, like yelling at Burak. Robert there with his hands, pushing Kanas away. Burak giving him the mean look. It's This is one of the craziest things I've ever seen in RC. And like, let's go a little bit back so we can see it in HD. Okay. They both stop their cars. Cameraman is like, oh. Something's happening. And now we can see the fight happening. Kanas, you can see him on the right hand side yelling at Burak. Robert's like, get the fuck get the fuck down. <laughs> and all of these guys, the race is going on. All of these three drivers stuff is on the on the car. Bobby's there and, and, and the police. And then Bobby's after the this. Man. Yeah, Bobby the policeman. And after all of this. Parente and Barufalo were shouting at each other on the driver's stand. So, yeah. lots of action. E-buggy gets people upset. Gets people upset. I think this is such short means, right? So people yeah. are more emotional. Um, yeah. Now that I looked at all these incidents, I actually think that Barack was not entirely 100% in the wrong for all most of these. Yeah, the cutting of the track... And this T-bone on the left-hand side. Those were ones where he was just... Yeah, but Kanas should have got a penalty for hitting him. Or should have stopped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, 100% Kanas did as much, or I'd argue, even more wrong than Borak did. Incredible. And even Boots, even Boots, like, he was doing silly things there. Like, mm -hmm. I, I thought mm -hmm. that Borak was doing something stupid, but now that we actually did a deep dive, I mean... I, I don't I don't think anything he was the one to be like, oh, you're the one who's in blame. So yeah, that was some, that was some in-depth analyzing. But dude, did we have some drama? That's so, like almost a fight broke out on the driver's stand. So what's funny about that, right, Max, is I am so I'm calling the race, right? So I can't see any of this stuff, right? And I am uh, 
I'm there like, okay, I can hear the Spanish guys making off like, and, and I'm like, and Nick's like, oh yeah, they're getting excited. And I'm like, Mm-mm, yeah. like, something's going on. Something is going on. Right. And I looked on at scoring. I look at the scoring because I have my computer. I'm looking at scoring and I see that Borak and Kanas are next to each other on the scoring. I'm like, oh man, something's going on. Because I hadn't seen uh, A2, right? I just heard about it. Dude. And then Nick's like, look at that. Kanas has stopped racing and he's going to challenge Borak. <laughs> and I was like, what? I knew something was going on. And um, what happened after that was pretty much, uh, yeah, Borak said that. Kanas asked him if he wanted to go outside. I don't know, man. I don't know. Kanas, I I watched Borak on Rashford grown man at Wrestle at uh WrestleMania at um the, the World Slasher at the banquet. But I don't know. But Kanas might be a black belt in jujitsu. Who knows? But he's a little bit scrawny. I don't know if he wants any of that Turkish. Uh, that uh, Borak's strong as hey. We don't want these guys fighting anyway. But. That was some drama. And then I think before the Nitro Man, they had a whole um, meeting with him. Like, look, we want you guys to calm down. We want this. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah. you. Fo- I forgot you had this up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. gosh, that was in our Discord. If you guys haven't joined the NNRC Discord. Uh, then we have, um, obviously, let me go. So after all of that, and then we watched JQ blow it. In the 35 plus uh, main. So, by the way, Angara won that of all. He won that. So, congratulations to him. But with all that drama, Angara won that. He's just like smiling, like, oh, yeah, no problem. Yeah. Manana, manana. Angara like, is like, he is like, I have never heard him have any conflicts with anyone. Like, on the down low behind the scenes. RCGP with Kanas. They, they were shouting at each other. Oh, yeah, they were getting upset with each other. Like, I've never seen. Okay. I've never seen Ongaro get upset, but I saw him at RCGP. Okay, well, that's the one time because I've never seen him get like I've seen him be disappointed and so on, but I've never seen him be like "Papa Gulo," you know, yelling at the driver's stand. Okay, I have no idea what that means, but let's uh, go to the A final here, which was sixty minutes. I think that Kanas is at this point like. He's, you know, like I, I know my Latin people, and he's probably hot blooded right now. He's young. He's probably not, you know, he, he was upset that he didn't win e buggy. This is like, this is Spain. This is his territory. This is turf, right? And he wants to win this. And you know what? I thought he was going to win this because he was driving damn good. But let's start this. We're not going to watch, obviously, we're not going to watch the whole 60 minute main. But. Also, there was some discrepancy with the start. Let's hold on. Let's re- let's rewind it back. JQ. Oh, I'm still got this on slow motion. Hold on. So anyway, this is the start of the 60 minute A final from Buggyland. Uh, there we see Kanas. No, Barkan. Actually, Barkan TQ'd this. So Barkan was fast. Actually, Barkan Angaro, Barufalo, and Kanas right behind them. <clears throat> right, these four actually break away. That's what the amazing thing. These four actually break away, and freaking Booch chases them down. Like you know what I mean. Um, but going back to JQ, JQ was in the thirty-five plus. He TQ'd all three runs. He gets a bad start twice because they had to restart the race twice. He's waiting for the turn, and when everybody's leaving, and the lady says Salida, 
Anyway, typical JQ. In typical JQ fashion, he comes back to the end, makes the overtake, makes a mistake on that corner, goes straight away, and the guy beats him. But he still had a good time. The first thing he messaged me, I, I messaged him, was like, you blew it. I am ready for AMS 40+. plus." So good stuff. It was a good race. It was good to see him happy. But anyway, we get into this race. They have a driver's meeting. They want everybody to be calm, collective. And I'll be honest, for this race, they were calm and collective. Um, <clears throat> there we see Barufel in the pink and black. He's looking good. Kanash right behind him. Barkan. Barkan's looking solid till he makes a mistake, right? Yeah, yeah, I don't know really what happened with Barkan because in qualifying, he was... Didn't he take you like two out of three rounds? I believe he was so. solid. And like, so what happened in the main? Because he was really... He after crashed. the beginning... Yeah, but he wasn't. He didn't even catch up anywhere. I think Borak ended up finishing in front of him, and he started yep. what ninth. So yep. he uh he crashed, and then I think he just fell back, and then it became all about Angaro boots and Kanas, dude. And so yeah. I want to talk about this because Kanas made some some mistakes. Boots got, I think, boots got in front around the twenty minute mark, more or less, and started pulling away from these guys, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it was in the beginning, it seemed like, you know, it was going to be a Kanas Ungaro show. Mm-hmm. Then suddenly it was like, oh, like Kanas is a little bit in the lead. Ungaro makes a mistake, Boots second. And then Kanas makes a huge mistake. And now Boots leading and they're still Ungaro and Kanas battling. So it was actually quite crazy how it ended up switching up that quickly. And then as soon as Boots uh, retired, he was basically... An Ongaro show. He he seemed like no, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. That's where I went. That's where you're mistaken. So let's let's recap back to Boots. So Boots said that his um his swing swing arm. Sorry, sway bar came out of the out of the thing. Uh, See, there's where Breckman makes that mistake. No, that's Barufalo. Sorry, I don't know how Barufalo does this type of mistakes and keeps on running. Um, his his sway bar piece came out and got trapped under his arm. And that's what happened to him. Oh. So, but Boots was abs- was the, no. I, I honestly felt if that one happened, Boots would have won this race. He was oh, that much faster than everybody. Yeah, he right? he pulled a huge gap on both Ongaro and Kanas. It was it was more than a pit stop. It was like six seconds on the second place driver. Yes. But then then he had that issue. He crashed. They catched him. And then you know Nick and you was like, oh, there must be some issue with Boots. And then he ended up pulling into the pits. Yeah, so here we're going to see Barufalo. Uh, yeah, he just clips that pipe and goes wide. This is actually a place where we saw Kanas make his first mistake, and he made many mistakes there. So I would say that this race had lots of ebb and flow, right? Uh, yeah. I remember uh, one of the guys in the chat saying, this is an hour-long race, and nobody beats Angara in an hour-long race. And I'm like, mm, we'll see, right? Because it is true. He's very good at these hour-long races. I think that... Um, this race, like Angaro went through so many different phases of this race that yeah. it's, it's it's like this. He's looking good, right? He's looking like, okay, it's going to be hard to beat him. He's just pacing himself. He's looking good in his first half of the race. Then it went to a part of the race where I thought his tires were completely gone. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like even Nick and I were saying it. I know some of the Matrix guys got upset because we were saying it, but it was a part of this race where I'm like, he would push so wide and, Ang- and Kanas was able to just come on the inside of him. But what happened was Kanas also had one more pit stop than him, right? So Kanas always... No, they were same. They were no, same strategy. No, in the end, yeah, they came yeah, Boots, in one less. Boots, Boots had a different strategy. 
Was it Boots? Yeah, Boots had Boots had Boots had one more pit stop and Canas because Canas and Unger always came with it within each other. Yeah, but no, man. I think I think near the end of the race they switched up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, because Canas came in like one lap later, but they still ended up having the same amount of pit stops. Boots was Boots was on seven thirty, and he was. Like Canas and Ongara, I think was like eight thirty or something, and Boots was like seven thirty or six forty five. Can't remember which one. Uh, so yeah, Boots was Boots had the pit stop in hand by the time you know he ended up retiring. You know, so he was he was and he was looking faster. He was the gap was increasing, not decreasing at any point. And yeah, but then at that point when Boots retired, that was the point where it looked like. Ongaro's ties were gone, you know? Like, Canas had gapped him, like, two or three seconds. Canas ended up making mistakes, and Ongaro was, like, there. But he was just sliding over the place, pushing wide. Like, like I don't know what was wrong. Like, was it that the tie thread had worn out so much that it started to not work on the dust? Was it that they were overheated? Like, what was the issue? But his tires didn't look good and i think like had canas held the lead and not made mistakes he would have won it because ongaro like after that sliding thing he just pushed like a madman and then he got into a rhythm and canas made those crucial mistakes and after that he could he could like never catch ongaro yeah i would say with about 15 minutes to go that's or 10 minutes ago like ongaro clicked in right and yeah, you can yeah. see him right here. He's just Kanas is faster, right? Kanas is pushing, and yeah. then Boots is not too far behind because Boots is still in the mix, right? I'm trying to find Boots here. I think, and so very posted some pictures of the tires. They had lots of tread left on them, right? And here is yeah, that Kanas. was surprising. Go ahead. Yeah, the fact that they had a lot of thread left was surprising because it was like you cannot argue that his tires were looking good when he was just sliding across the track everywhere. Exactly. And then it looked like um, there's, so this is actually, this is 39, this is 20 minutes on. Boots is still down there in like third now. He's pushing, right, to catch these guys up. I, it's, Nick said something about it on the, on the, maybe it's like maybe the tires kind of, you know, evened out and everything's good. Like maybe the tires wore in or something like that. But I think, like, I think that, the V-Day drove a race to save his tires for that last 10 minutes of the race. And when he saw, maybe he, when he saw that Kanas was making so many mistakes, he's like, okay, I can win this. And when he went to push, he was able to push and throw down his fast laps in that last 10 minutes of the race. No, but and then Kanas was just trying to catch him and then just making more mistakes. Yeah, well, that that's definitely right. When you are in a situation where you know you should be winning kind of, you made the mistakes and you're far back, you kind of always overdrive. And the issue is that when your tires are really worn out, which obviously it's an hour-long main, any ranch tires were going to be worn out. When you're overdriving with old tires, there is no grip at all. And I think this is the thing that actually made it so that Ongaro could do his best lap right at the ending portion of the race. He noticed in the beginning he's running like, quite okay then he has that portion when he's really slipping he just starts to follow Kanas, try to like get his hit his lines 
And I think what happens with tires when they're like at the end of their life is they start to, you know, hold heat much better. It works with the heat, not so much the thread. So, for example, like in Finland, even on really dusty tracks, we often get the best laps at the right at the end of the main when the tires are absolutely slick, when it's hot weather. And this is because there, there's a lot of thread, thread left on the, or, well, a lot of, uh, what you call it, contact patch, a lot of contact mm. patch on the tire. So when you're driving in the line, you're driving within your limits, you're having, you're like, you're in the mode, you can like go faster with the slick than you could. This is the same thing in 10 scale, the way they drive slicks in those, because they make the track so easy and like the speed so fast that or the by track easy i make they make the grip level as consistent as possible that you can do laps with that when it's like a really bumpy track slow speed stuff it's hard to do that with a slick because you can't keep the heat on the tire but on more fast flowing tracks you can always keep the heat on the tire as long as you like don't make mistakes don't push too hard keep the car within its limits and i really think that's what happened with ongaro he clicked he found the balance he needs to do. And the thing is, it, it's not like you find the balance and that's it. It's basically you find the balance where the car works and each lap it gets better and better and better because the tire heats up more. You can't really overheat the tires. So the more heat you get on them, the better. So each lap you do without mistakes within the line, you land all the jumps perfectly, you get the acceleration right, you don't have any overslides, anything. Every single lap after that is better. So I think that's really what happened with Ongaro. He found that and then he kept doing it. And then, like Kana said, no way to answer because he has to try to find it, but he's overdriving and he will never find that, you know, space. Uh, yeah, just real quick, we're looking. This is when Boots started making his charge to the front, right? Uh, he gets past Kanas and he's now chasing down Angaro. 32 minutes left on the talk on the on the track. So let me ask you something, Max. Do you feel that that extra 15 minutes is what benefited Angaro in the end? Yeah, I think so. Because if it was a 45 minute race, Kanas would have had a touching distance at the end, which would have, you know, in the end helped Kanas because he could have just like pushed like a madman and you know tried to catch him mm -hmm. and i think that because in the last 15 minutes that's where it benefited on Maro that he could just be in his rhythm like here there's five minutes to go is five seconds behind Kenneth. no this is uh 20 minutes to go yeah that's what i meant <laughs> oh no i meant like if it was a 45 minute race it would be five minutes to go well let's go look at where it is at 44 minutes yeah, this is where Ongaro goes by. So this is 44, 15 minutes, 50. This was a, this was a, this is, I think, I think this is where Kanas makes the mistake, which lets Ongaro by in the end. See, yeah, see how wide he went just now? Yeah. I mean, he hit this the is pipe. What I was there. Like, this is, he hit look the pipe how, there, but still. No, he didn't. Yeah, it's, yeah, and like just so the, this as was, soon as as soon as he loses his line, he's like sliding everywhere, you know. But then when he gets back into the rhythm, he's doing well. So I'm pretty sure it was just like the ties were ending, but he was just 
doing so well <laughs> that mm-hmm. he drove around it. But I and mean, I don't want to. I don't want to be like, oh, we bashed. No, 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 no. Because I have to be honest. This was their best race tire-wise so far. Absolutely, absolutely. I would agree. This and obviously probably Montpellier, Richie won. Yeah, um, Montpellier, but I think Montpellier is different because, like, I think everyone is kind of struggling with tires there. But here, like, it was a 60-minute main. Like, they they managed a good pace around the whole 60 minutes. They didn't wear out. I yes. think they drove a very smart race. Yeah, I th- yes, I think he did, like, Canas had an advantage with the tires. I think that is still a fact. But I think this is by far the best showing Matrix has had, you know, because I think it, it wasn't like it was a like a Canas blew out or anything. No, like they straight up beat them over 60 minutes. I think this was a, a very well planned race by Ongaro and his and his dad. I think he drove, you're looking at exceptional racecraft. He was he knew when to push. He knew he was like, okay, I think like we'll start seeing and, and he waited for Canas to make those mistakes. He saw it. And then he was once you get that confidence, right? You're able to push harder. And this is where Ongaro, like these 60 minute finals, were seeing him shine. Like like Chet said in the uh there's Ongaro, there's Kanas right there. He made a mistake. Yeah. That's the I think this is the thing. Uh, Ongaro pitted, then Canas pitted. They pitted like one lap apart. They weren't mm-hmm. the same strategy, but they were one lap apart. And I think now is when Ongaro gets by finally. And Ongaro was so fast up on that back section right there. Yeah, he did see him make a mistake he, there. He did see him make yeah. a mistake there. But hey, man, great drive by Ongaro. Great racecraft by um, you know this guy. Uh, amazing. Like I thought it was like amazing that he did well. Great showing for the Matrix tires as well. I would say, like you said, best performance for them. But I think he drove a race which allowed that to happen as well. Yeah, which is and brilliant, like brilliant race yeah. strategy. I think, like, let's put it this way: if you flip the tires around these two drivers, I think Canas wouldn't stand a chance. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. like, like, oh. let's be honest. You know. <laughs> Oh, but I it's, think it's so. not. I think it's, so. it, but it's it's not that <laughs> magic tires are bad. I think they need to somewhat accept that they still have some work to do because I feel that has been a big mistake by them to kind of come out uh, with saying like, "Oh, this is the tire." That I think that was actually the that was Kness. That was Kness. Yeah. So that was kind of what made it that mistake. And now I think Kness starts to overdrive and. Mm-hmm. Ongaro's mm-hmm. in the groove and the thing is it doesn't take much for the tires to cool down it's like you go outside the line once and you have to bring the tires back for a lap when you're driving slicks and like being upside down they cool a lot so yeah I think that actually was that his tires just cooled down a lot Ongaro was in the groove and he could click the, those laps then kind of knows that oh he's further away further away tries to overdrive and he never gets the rhythm. Yeah, because I mean Ongar just puts it into overdrive right now. Yeah. But let's be honest, like I, I, I thought the pass happened earlier from watching it the first time. But it's actually if this was a 45 minute race, Canas would have won it comfortably. Yeah. Um great drive by Davide. I'm sure he's happy about that <clears throat> because you know he hasn't had the dominating year that he has had previously. That's why people are like, well, he isn't really dominating and all that type of stuff. And I wanted to address 
Uh, because now, of course, this then starts the whole, see, it's not the tires. It's not the tires and this, and he can do well. Well, I, I also agree that Ongaro drove a great, smart race, and he's also put in a lot of time at the tires. And the, start, the tires are going to get better as they go along. And even, even in the post-interview, Nick asked him about the tires. And what does Ongaro say? Yes, we are working every time on the tires to get better and better and better. And that's how it works, right? <clears throat> uh, and I think he deserved this win. In the end of the day, he deserved it. He was not like one of the fastest guys all like weekend, but he was the fastest guy when it mattered at the end of the race. Most definitely. As we watch the last 10 minutes here. And yeah. I think, yeah, Kanas just started making too many mistakes and yeah, got frazzled. That, and... Yeah, I think that's the issue, the overdriving. When you are like overtaken at the very end of the main and like it seemed like it wasn't that hot weather you know i don't know how hot it was but the track doesn't seem like it, it's offering much grip you know that's where the tires become a much more important deal like the, having the heat in them and so on mm -hmm. so, yeah all right um well we kind of talked about this uh quite a lot i wanted to address a few uh I don't know. We had a few questions about this. <clears throat> and I kind of wanted to finish on this before we go on there. Does does this uh what does this say about Angaro? Is you know, we have a lot of questions about is he the greatest of all time? Is he this? Is he that? I still think it's still a lot of, I mean, I, I guess we have to kind of end on this. Again, we're talking about Angaro. He has a very good win. Obviously, he comes off the, the win and um at the worlds. Where does this put Angaro on the all-time greats? Because this was this was a great drive, man. I like it was a great race. It was a great drive by him, and I think I give him so much credit for winning this race. But does I, this put does this him winning the worlds, him winning the the ten scale worlds? Does this put him in the greatest of all time categories? Yes, definitely. He's he's going to be talked about as one of the greatest of all time. But he still is young. He still has a lot more things to accomplish before he can do that. Yeah, well, I'd put it this way, if you think for the past 10 years. There aren't many drivers who have been able to do what he's done, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, first of all, win in two separate classes. Like, yes, people have won in two-wheel drive, four-wheel drive, but I'm talking two different whole disciplines. Coelho has won in off-road and on-road, okay? So he's definitely a match Bongaro. Well, has also won in eight scale offered for Euro Euros, which Ongaro has not been able to do. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think like I'd I'd put Koelho higher up than Ongaro. I think that's a fair assessment to make. Like if we're talking all time grades, like I think Koelho is still the great of our current time overall, off-road specifically. Ongaro by far. Like you can say Ronafok was the great of the mid 2010s, but I'd say since 2017, like Ronafok has been way overshadowed by Ongaro. And uh, I think there's no other driver who's yeah. close to those two. Well, did you know what Ronafok has? And I, because this was a question on this, on while we was doing this commentary. I, I think not. I think there's there's still something missing that besides the European Championship, he has he has yet to win in America, and 
That is true. Rana Falk has won multiple times at uh at at the uh in America as well. You know, he's won DNC twice, the Nitro Buggy, so on the Truggy, he's won E Buggy a few times. He has three European championships. He almost he would have had he was very close to having two two championships last year as well, you know, and I will say this, that Rana Falk has won on various different chassis. He's won on Kyosho. He's won on HB. He's won on Mayako. Uh, I'm, that is, I, look, yeah, but I think those things are like, you can't expect someone who's been a pro for four years to have won on many different chassis. Well, it's kind of like this. And I, I brought this argument up too. Uh, a lot of people will argue that uh, Lionel Messi is the best footballer in, in the world. And it's hard not to argue against that. But I disagree. I happen to think that Cristiano Ronaldo is probably the best footballer of our generation, this generation coming up. And why I give that to Cristiano Ronaldo is because he's been able to win in almost all leagues. And he's still playing at a higher league of football than Messi is right now. He, Cristiano Ronaldo won in Spain. He won in England. England, the hardest league you can play in. He won in France. I don't know if he played for France. He might have. I can't remember. He's won in Italy multiple times. So, you know, but, but the only thing he hasn't won, he hasn't won a world championship. He mm-hmm. hasn't won a world cup, which which Messi has. But Messi will always go down, always won. He's won more. People say well, he's won more, more, uh, you know, more, more awards and all that stuff. But also, he Messi spent his almost his entire career in Barcelona, and a, and a time in Barcelona was the best team in the world. You know what I mean? And. Yeah. Here's the thing. I, I think Longaro is yeah. about 22, 23 now. I do mm. think he will win in America at some point. I hope he starts I going mean, he back to America. DNC. He TQ'd DNC. Yeah, but he didn't win it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he finished He finished on the podium, but he didn't win it. I know, but it's not like he's not capable of doing it. Yes. I but think it's just that he's not done it, you know? Yeah, I think he's going to do it, uh, but he yeah. still has a lot to write in his career. You know what I mean? Yeah, he is I think, still yeah. very early in his career. He's you gotta remember that he 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 finished what he finished fifth at the 2016 rounds. He has what 14, 15? Yeah. And that was in he, America. Yeah, he was in America, he done well um at that race. And now he has he he I think he needs to get a European championship, which he, it's gonna be at his track next year. So that's a good chance he can do that. Uh and we're talking about a guy who has another 10 years or more left in his career. So it's hard to put him. But with that said, he is the first ever back-to-back world championship, longest reigning world champion as well. Obviously, that happens to do with COVID. And right now, I would say after the win in the, at the Worlds and, and whatnot and being a current double-time world champion, he is probably one of the best all-around off-road racers in the world at this point oh, in time. Oh, yeah, 100%. And if 100%. you think, like, how many worlds does Thibaut have? Two or three? Mm-hmm. Uh, Cavalieri has, I think, four. Uh, Craig has, I think, one. Uh, Mayfield has two. Like, Ongara is already at more worlds than a lot of these guys who have Absolutely. been considered the best of the 2000s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have the Masamis. We have the Pavides, these guys who have like, what, three, four 
and then Masami has like what 15 <laughs> I don't know and I th- I don't think anyone's gonna rake those records because the times are very different mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we have Naoto who has like I think six six I think or seven even uh but that's all an on-road very kind of small discipline whereas you could argue that eight scale and 10 scale are the most difficult ones to win the world set so i i mean i do have to say that there ha there has not been a driver who has so consistently for such a long period been able to dominate and or be one the first or the second best driver at that race you know so Mm -hmm. because ronafog has had time for his dominated specific races like 2013 euros he was like tq'd all five rounds 2014 euros he won by like half a lap like yeah those were times where he was like straight up dominating in 2016 he was looking really solid until he had an issue but that's like Ongaro won like every single race that he went to for almost a year straight, mm-hmm. you know? So, and the way he did it, he won the Euro warmups by like a lap and there was all the top drivers of Europe there in 2018. Yeah, Koelho ended up winning the race because Ongaro started in 13th in the main at the Euros. But the warmup, like Ongaro won by a lap. And that's the type of thing that not a lot of drivers are capable of doing. And Ongara has been doing it for five years now. That's, to me, why he's so impressive as a driver. And the way he does it, it's not like he has the fastest equipment. He's TQ all five rounds. He's so far ahead of the field and then he cruises to victory. A lot of the time, like here, he started second. He didn't TQ, you know? He's up there, but he's not like straight up the fastest guy around but the way he drives the 60 minutes especially a lot of the way he drives in 45 minutes how good he is at racing other people too like he can take his time find a way to get by and then start clicking laps not lose his composure i think that's something that is unmatched by anyone in the last 10 years yeah i wouldn't argue with that I wouldn't argue with that. All there right. Are, um, yeah. I think like there are aspects that Ronifog or Savoya or Robert, who are like the last big ones from coming from Europe, to some extent you could put boots in that list too, winning two European championships. But those are, I'd say, the five last, you know, big guns from Europe. Canas will be like the new age. Killich brothers most likely will join Canas in that. But yeah, I think like of those lists, of that list, I'd have to say that, like, nobody's done what Ongaro has done. Dude, Mauro was so happy. Look at him. <laughs> yeah. He was super happy. I like Mauro. Um, yeah. All right. He, um, lives, I, he lives with it. And, like, he has so much passion for it. I know. You know. He's he's fun, too. Like, the joke around. And then, but the funny thing is you see how much love he gives his son. Like, he's always hugging him and giving him a kiss and all that type of stuff. And, um... All right, so that was a, a exceptional victory for uh, Ongaro. Well done to him. Good run for Marco as well. Uh, Burak coming back to third. Great victory for him. Uh, I'm going to touch on that. I, I, I know we're going to have a rant, but I want to I touch on a few things before we do that. 
let's uh let's get out of here. I know you have the picture of uh Angaro's yeah. tires. So there's his tires. Sorry. Can you see the zoom in? Yep, yep. Yeah, so I mean there is a ghost thread left on the left front, which is the inside tire. Uh so I'm quite I'm quite uh confident that the other tire looks worse than this because this is the inside tire. Ongaro runs sticks, uh, stiff diffs, it's high high speed track and the low speed, so the outside tire weighs more. So we're gonna assume that this is the best tire from the well, front. You can see tire. some ghost tread on the rear tire as well. Yeah, like the rear tire, it's like but anything from the center to the outside is not thread. This is effectively a slick tire, you know? Like from from the center to the inside, there is some thread left, but most of the contact is from the outside. Hey, so, you know what? We have to give Matrix the credit. They won e, e buggy and nitro buggy at this race. So they did. Congratulations yeah. to them as well. I I think like they deserve it, but there is still work, some work to be done for sure. But I think like this was a battle victory, and I think like hundred percent deserved. I just like, I don't know. I want to see them actually compete and not settle for something less. I don't think that's the case, mm -hmm. but I think like there, there is work to do. What and would you say have been better so far? But so yeah. to the person that's listening to this now, what would they say to you and me and all the Mayakalas who are saying that the tires are the reason for David Ronafalk? And is not having a good performance. And then they'll say, Well, look at Ongaro. He just won with the tires. What would you say to those people? Well, I'd say to them that do you think Canas would have won with Matrix tires there? Do you sincerely believe that Canas would have won that race if he ran Matrix? So you no. just believe so you just you think it that it's no, it's I don't I, I Ongaro's mean, abilities and yeah, what Ongaro's abilities. Would you say that not, managing this race was would be a big deal of it as well? 100%. And I think, like, if you look at the Euros, like, Ongaro wouldn't have gotten the podium if it wasn't for Burak fucking up in the last corner. Mm -hmm. Like, a driver who won the Worlds last year at the same venue was by far the quickest in the main uh, until the very end where Ronafar catched him because he was running superior tires at that time. He, like, Ronafog was the only one with clays, and the clays were much faster uh, than the Ongaro's AKA tires. And yeah, Ongaro was good, and now he's running Matrix when Canas is running the hot race clays, and he couldn't put pressure on him. You know, he he got beaten by a lap. Yes, there's obviously some issue with that, but I think the main point is that it's not that Matrix are a bad tire. I'd argue Matrix is probably the second best tire to have in Europe right now. But the thing is that the hot race is the best tire. And it, it might not be a lot. It might be a tenth or two a lap. But that's enough to throw you off your game. That's enough to like not be able to trust yourself, have the confidence. You know, you think something's wrong, you're trying to chase it, you make the wrong decisions, you make the mistakes, and so on. So I think that's all really that it is it's and i don't think matrix like it was quite clear that they were much more competitive at buggy land that they were at the euros 
Okay. Um, second question. When are we going to see these the Killicks win one of these big races? And which one do you think that's, it's going to be? That's a great question, and I think it will be Burak. Because okay. Verkan is not that good in long mains. It I don't know what it is, but Verkan is much better in qualifying when he can find his own rhythm and, you know, click in the laps, be just calm, drive around the track. But when he has other cars around him, he starts to make much more mistakes. He doesn't get into the rhythm, whereas Burak is kind of a driver who needs like a five-minute warm-up, and after that, he's really fast. You know, like, Burak is kind of like Robert Battle, you know, like the same style where he gets a bad start and somehow he just fucking comes up from the back of the grid and wins, you know. Like all of his results, results with Agama, like that third place finish at the 2019 Euros. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. Like I remember way, way back when he was younger, like because we used to qualify quite similarly with him. But then in the mains, he just find an extra gear, you know, just bump up. Like and then make his way all the way to the main a few times even. So I think Borak will be the one of them to win first. And I think it will happen sooner than later. Because even here, was it not for the incidents with Kanas, Borak would have been a big comp uh, competitor for the E-Buggy win. He almost won the E-Buggy Euros this year. Nitro... It will be more difficult because people like Ongaro are so good at it. You know, Kanas is so comfortable with Nitro. So it will take a special occasion. But I think actually next year's Euros, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Burak won it. I, I'm not going to pick him to win it, you know, but I wouldn't be surprised because that kind of track, that kind of like slippery have to make the grip. He's good at that. Long main, anything can happen, bumpy and... Yeah. Okay. Um, also, just checking here, Barkan actually finished fifth, so not bad for him. Uh, yeah, but Burak was third, and Barkan yeah. keep good. So, <laughs> kind of, kind um, of what I was saying that Burak, even though he got a bad start, started from the back. Still, he's in that long main. He can get into the groove and really do his best. I was gonna say, is Jordan Lot the new top French driver? Because I know he won the nationals there, but Savoya still beat him. He came tenth. Yeah, I think Savoya, like, I don't really know what's wrong with the French scene, but they don't seem to produce these talents like Ungaro, Borufolo, uh, Canas, Pariente, you know? All of these Southern European countries have someone, like even Germany, they have the Rennick and Kilich brothers. Uh, UK, there's all the time new people coming over from there. Uh, but French... There really isn't anyone like there was that one time and I think Majubis it was, was fast. Majubis was fast. They were never at that level really. They were like making the Euros a main level, but never like the next Canas level, you know, like mm -hmm. finishing top five at the we Euros. We haven't seen nobody since um since Savoya, really. Yeah, Savoya probably the last one. John Pierre Sartel, I think I think he was the one who won uh the electric e-buggy euros mm -hmm. but that was mostly a one-off you know mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. was a track which he had practiced before felt comfortable kind of an off class too so yeah all right and my final question of the this it, this is is jcc 
the best European driver this year still? Driver? No, no. Ongara is the best. But really? Yeah. I think they're but, like even on where they've met and, and beat each other. Uh in the in this last year. This last year. But I think I think no, I think we're not like including we, the worlds. We're not including the worlds. We're including yeah. from if January. Yeah. I think now. if we look at straight, if we purely and only look at driving, I think Ongaro has been the better driver. But if we look at performance, like taking all things into account, like who would I put my bets on? Uh like or let's put it like who is statistically being better it would be Kamas. okay okay all right cool uh buggy land was fun i i was glad to commentate with on there thank you to nick and matt and everybody at rc racing tv they're actually doing the gt worlds that's coming up next week as well yeah they're doing that virtually too so they're teaming up with uh a team down there in australia and doing that. We have a lot of world championships coming up. Um, we have that. Then we have the the onward worlds, like from Japan, live RC is going out to do that. And then we have the 12 scale worlds. So Ifmar got a lot of racing left this year. We got a rant about Ifmar, and we're gonna keep it short and quick because we're almost on four hours. Can I can I show you the Ongaro bodies? Oh, you I found, found them? Big, okay, yeah, yeah let's see that. I know you love this type of stuff, so please show us. You can see it, right? Okay. Oh, boy. I see why yeah. you like them. So basically, it's an S15 with uh, a few added, like, dams here. So basically, here you have the air blocked by the side dam. Same with here. So the air goes between um, the chamfered edge and uh, the top plane. And uh, I'll show you another angle. Um, um, and that looks like your body that you made, Max, with the uh, side pods. Yeah. So here is an angle from the back. So basically, they've oh, done wow. like little like um, air guides or whatever you want to call it to the front. So you get the airflow here. Which is actually quite smart. They also narrowed it down. Um, so you get more pressure here. And then you have the air traveling through here. Not entirely sure if this is a good idea. Uh, because then you have the air here. It splits here, goes to the rear tire and has some turbulence. But basically it's an S15 with a few mods like the the side dams and the little guides in the front but yeah interesting and then i have um then i have a last picture that i saw from um uh, rc special and i think this is the main reason why boots has been so fast at this buggy land oh my gosh dad bot he has he has a mustache dude and he looks like a proper dad Check, you know, the mustache. <laughs> Check the fucking mustache, dude. Like, if, you, if you're if you not fast with that kind of mustache, you ain't fast ever, you know? Boots. He was fast. So. He was very fast. Rejuvenated re rejuvenated his career in 2023, in my opinion. Whatever, I think, whatever team I he think, goes to next year, he's going to be a, a, a great addition. Yeah. I think that one performance gave him like a 500 euro a month bonus 
and that that because they know like he's capable of so people are going to be willing to pay all right good stuff it was a good buggy lamb i was happy to to be a part of it uh salty joe said he enjoyed himself jq enjoyed himself and it was good it was a good race in the end we got drama we got good racing and uh, well done to angaro felisa Dadis, and uh associated and matrix i think if i know he's probably going to do reds gp but i think this is the last big race of europe where we're going to get all these european guys together so he goes out on a high note and i look forward to seeing barufalo and robert and canas and peko at ams coming up in the beginning of november with that said max uh also just also congratulations to Mig- Mig- uh miguelo and his wife for all their hard work that they've done <clears throat> this is a race i want to go to and i think I know I want people to go to IBC too, but I know this, he does a complete track build for this. So who knows? Maybe you'll see some Americans go over to this race as well. And I think he'll be coming over to do his uh, Buggyland USA, probably in Florida, I assume. All right. So Max, uh, I do want to do a quick IFMAR rant before we, we call it a day. And um, with that said, we're going to go to our sponsor who no longer exists because we can do that with this rant. And that is, Now it's time for the JQ Racing Rant. We are now at that point of the show where you should fasten those seatbelts and put your big boy pants on. Things are about to get serious. It's time for the JQ Racing Rant. All righty, Max. So we're not going to go on too long with this, but I am going to say this. Uh, we, it's, it's time to fix IFMAR. That's it. Plain and simple. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's time to uh, turn up the heat on the frying pan. Time for the people that ain't doing anything to get the fuck out. And it's time to start fixing this. Uh, was talking to people behind the scenes about the recent IFMAR worlds. They sent one person, one person, the biggest, probably the biggest IFMAR race you have this year. You sent one person there, Jeff Parker, to be there, who, from what I was told, did very little. So let's give out the trophy. What are we doing? This is our governing body. And also, like, they should be sending more people to be a part of the team there. This is their race. So they just got paid and sent one person there, right? Oh, and, and let's be honest, they don't yeah, contribute that, to the they don't contribute to the to the to the coverage to nothing. You know that person they sent there does not actually have any like legal affiliation anymore because he's not affiliated with Roar anymore. So he cannot be affiliated with Ifmar because he doesn't belong to any organization. Oh my gosh! So they did an interview of him. And I just sat there and I was just like, this guy, I'm surprised he didn't talk about Radio Impon because that's the last time I heard him talk about that. I don't understand how he's still involved in it. How is that guy? Maybe because nobody else wants to do it. You know what I was told? That the people in IFMAR are too old to travel. That's why they don't travel. So if that's the case, it's time for them to get the hell out of there, man. It is time to get them out of there. We got to get new blood in there. And it starts like, look, we, we, we obviously... We pushed on Raw. We pushed on Raw for many years, and look what happened. Raw is getting better. They got a good president in there. They got guys like Glance, Brett, um, Brent, and these guys who are making a difference. You can see a difference in Raw already. Well, you know what? 
it's time for the NNRC to start pushing to change IFMAR. And that is going to be our campaign. And we are start. We want to fix IFMAR. And we want to get people involved yeah. in IFMAR. We want to get things changed. Like, it's even hard to get people voted in there to change things because it's such an old boys club, right? Oh, yeah, I'm only going to vote for this person. I'm going to vote for this person. So it starts. It starts with us turning up the heat and we have to fix fucking IFMAR. 100%. How, how the fuck do they even vote these people in? Is it every like federation has their own You know what? We're going to start researching and finding out how they do. If you know how it works, contact me or Max because we are going to find out how this all works because it is time. This is the governing body of our of our hobby, of our sport, right? They sent one person. One person. So basically everything fell on raw. And everything falls on the Federation, just like everything fell on Afra for the last race, right? They didn't even send mm. pro- like decent referees to be there. They could have sent some referees to be there. Nothing. So they took the $500 entry fee, right? They didn't contribute towards the coverage. They, 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 they back with the tires. Like, let's start there. Let's agree that if you're going to have freaking well control tires that there should be a limit that kind of defeats the whole purpose of having a control tire in my opinion yeah and like that was such a dumb thing because that the race con- like the race organizer doesn't make the rules that's ifma they have to set the rules you know exactly so and- you can't like it like if we like yeah we can always say that the race organizer maybe should have thought about it the roar should have thought about it no yes i mean yes that is true but if we look at the big fucking picture, those things should be handled by IFMA to begin with. Those things should be so ironed out that there should be no question about things like that. But so happens to be that every single fucking world championship, there's an issue of such things. 2014 Worlds in Italy, there's this huge issue about fuel. Mm-hmm. Okay? IFMA didn't do anything about it. This 2022, uh, again, issue with fuel. If Mar did fucking nada at this fucking shit, and the whole Spanish Federation handled that, the club handled the fuel situation and took all the risks and legal actions needed. I received single emails from IFMA, nothing from IFMA ever. They never do anything. And all, all what they do is they collect money. So, they can send send these old men to arrange their retreats, okay? And that's what it all comes down to. It's an old boys club. They have been here forever. They know that it's not good. They know that Ifmar's not doing great. But for them, it's kind of like, well, I've always been here. And because I'm a fucking old white man, I fucking deserve this, you know? (laughs) That's what they feel. You know what? Let me tell you. Jeff, okay, fuck, let me tell you something. You don't oh fucking deserve shit, okay? <laughs> so please start either doing things the right way or get out and tell your friends to get out with you. Go is- together, have like a ending party of fucking up RC for the rest of us and go to a retreat. We can actually, hey, let's organize a fucking uh, thing. We can pay... A non-RC retreat for all old IFMA members if they agree to fucking quit. Okay? Yes. 
I'm sure there's people that we can find to fill their spots. I'm sure there's people in Femca, Farmar, Roar, and Ephra that can fill their spots. And you know what? It's time to drain that fucking swamp. Seriously. 100%. It, it, it is after this debacle at the last worlds. Like I heard, I heard about everything that went on. I heard about everything that went on. Right. And you know what? While other people are going to be challenging this internally, internally, we are going to turn up the heat outside. Uh, let's see where externally. We are turning up the heat on IFMAR. Yes. I still want to go to the, if I think IFMAR, should be leading this industry in innovation and everything else that's going on. They certainly make sure that you have to have, you have to pay for everything that you want to get IFMAR rated and all that stuff, but they need to do fucking more. And you know what? The head of that stuff, Jeff Parker, he fucking stole from Roar. How is he still in following her? He literally stole from the organization he is a part of from years. Didn't return their equipment. Has not returned their equipment. He says he will. And didn't, didn't have no communication. Like, literally tried salary? to... No, I don't know if he got salary, but he literally tried to, uh, like, like honestly, like tried for Clayton not to be uh, elected as president. Try to get his own puppet, uh, puppet president in there so he could pull all the strings. And this man is in charge of Ifmar. I agree. Maybe he inherited that position. I agree. Maybe there's nobody else that can take over that position right now. Maybe we'll get in a battle of two evils in this whole situation. But that shouldn't be the case. Let's go, man. We need to fix this shit, right? So here's what's going to happen. Anybody that's interested in learn, learning about IFMAR and knowing all that type of stuff, please contact me or Max. We want to learn everything we can. There's probably people there that know the ins and outs that we don't know. We'll start reading the rules and all that type of stuff as well and find out what's going on. But we need to get better people in IFMAR because this is the this is the, the federation that should be leading our hobby, our sport into the next fucking generation. And what are they doing? Sending one person to the, probably the biggest world championships that we've had since last year. One person. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. And not the good kind ridiculous. The wrong kind ridiculous. We, this is yeah. why people have no faith in these federations. You know? We have all these federations trying to do things. Afro doing good things. And they, they have their woes as well. And every single person you talk to whether they be in the industry, driver, manufacturer, media, all agree, if Mar needs to be fucking changed. Well, you know what? We've said it for years, but we are fucking ramping up that campaign. 2024 will be the year that we see change happen in IFMAR. Everybody should do that. Hashtag change IFMAR. That's our new hashtag. Everybody post it. Yeah. Post it on their Facebook page. We need to get things going. But I will say this. It's time. Time to stop beating around the bush. Because I see there's some people trying to get in, like that guy, Darren Newton, he's trying to get in. He was explaining some things about how it works. It's like impossible to get in there. You have to be voted by the people that are in there. So basically, that made it where they control every single thing. Yeah. Every single thing. Gentlemen's club. 2024, we are not going to rant about it every podcast, but we are going to remind people why we need IFMAR and why we need to change it. And it starts with us people. Hashtag if time for change. IFMAR's got to drain the swamp. Drain the freaking swamp. All right, Max. Uh, we'll have some more as we go on. We'll get more information about what things can be done. 
That's going to be your job and you don't have some time. Find out information about that. If you Maybe have I'll make a video. Maybe I'll make a video of like why the fuck if Mars sucks so bad and what could they do? <laughs> but they don't, you know what? They don't they suck. Picking good hotels to stay in. That's like, I think, okay, here's a fucking business plan. These guys have this oldies retreat, like um, old people's holiday retreat planning organization, where basically they plan a holiday for themselves. And then they like take other people with them, but they get the better rooms. Like they ask them, you know, double the price. So they get their holiday for free, you know? I don't know. All I know is people want change. Well, the my guys definitely want change. I in money. <laughs> but the people, they are nothing about the people. If people don't show up for these IFMAR worlds, they don't make any money. And I'm, I yeah. don't think that IFMAR is swimming in money. I do not think it is. But they should, no, they but should be leading the charge on things being better in RC. Yeah, I mean, and they have all the tools to make things better. They, I mean... Like, where does the money actually go, you know? No idea. Like, they only sent one person to like this last how much, how much of that $250 of entry fee at the world? Per, per class. Per class. Yeah, per class goes to the club. I, I wonder, I, why, why does the club have to sell a shit amount of tires? Why does the track have to rely on making extra money by selling a bunch of tires? Yeah. And what, what was there? There was at least 100 entries. So that's easily like 60, 70 grand to IFMA. They sent one person at their fees. So that's at worst, that's like five grand. Okay. So where does the rest of the money go? From what I heard, he wasn't even there for the first couple of days. So there we go. Yeah, he was anyway. actually, actually, uh, I was talking to his assistant and he was uh, drinking uh, margaritas at the pool. I wouldn't be surprised. And I you know who just... paid for it? You who entered to that race. And he was, he was pouring them all over himself. You know, he was swimming in money, buying some hookers, sniffing some Coke. All right. Is we're it, definitely going to have to uh, edit that one. Yeah, I was thinking like, American defamation laws are going to be maybe a little bit different than Finnish ones. <laughs> but yeah, sitting off at the pool, drinking, enjoying himself, and he should be getting on top of that race. But it starts. It starts with us. It starts with us, and we're gonna we're gonna change it. We're gonna we're gonna initiate change. That's what we're gonna do. If Mar has to change anyway, buddy. You know what? Thank you for your time. It was great catching up with you. Um, and. I appreciate it. We've been going for four hours. It was a good chat. Sorry about the questions, everybody. We will we have your questions. We'll ask them next week. We're going to recording next week. Uh, we just went very long and geeking out on a whole bunch of stuff that we missed. With that said, I want to say thank you to all of the NNRC squad around the world. We cannot do this without you guys. If you guys can, please don't forget to hit that sub, like, notification button, dislike button, leave a comment, share on YouTube. If you're listening to us on the on an audio platform. Please leave a review and share. We are trying to get to 5,000 subs this this year on YouTube, but I just don't see it happening. We're, only, we're almost at 4,400. It's going to be hard to get. So YouTube, yeah, man, YouTube, uh, getting YouTube subs is hard. It is difficult. So hopefully we'll get to 5,000 subs next 
year sometime. We'll be great. We still have three months left in this year, so that'll be great if you guys can. Uh, thank you to the patrons of the NNRC and the YouTube members. We greatly appreciate your support. If you wish to support this podcast an extra bit, you can financially. There are links for that in the written description of this podcast. Also, remember, we are looking for companies that want to be a part of our podcast next year. We greatly appreciate all their support, but we currently appreciate this support. And remember, everybody, showing these companies some love shows the podcast some love. We do have links in the written description of this. We have affiliate links, coupon codes. We can save some money. And some just have links to the company. If you do purchase anything from them, just let them know in the notes that you bought this and you heard about this from the No Name RC Podcast. They are Invisible Speed, High Tech RC, Some Padal USA, Sidewinder Fuel, Hot Race Tires, Mayako, Beach RC, Techno RC, Clinic RC, Ignite Design RC, Stacked RC, Donathan RC, uh, Racecraft USA, shout out to FRC, Florida RC, Championships, I will be there tomorrow. I can't wait to hang out with everybody. WRC, Danny Paz, shout out to my boy Gene, Strout with SJ Racing, if you want to get your anything built. House of RC, RCGP, shout out to our drivers, Dave Ronafo, Jared Tebow, Robert Batty, Alexander Hyberg, and shout out to RC Body Armor. Uh, thank you guys for all the support. Max, thank you for your time. It's time to go. Give you a virtual salute. I'm saluting. There you are. Max please, and um, Please uh, vote for lefty in the IFMAR elections. That got them fired up last time. <laughs> I know, but I'm not running for that. I am more effective being holding feet to the fire. <laughs> that's, where my, that's where my job is. Holding the feet to the fire and holding people responsible for, their, for what they do and they fuck up. So that said, Nitro's the glory. E-Buggy pays the bills. If you ain't grinding, you're sliding. Lefty and Max, we are out. Have a good weekend of RC, everybody. See you all tomorrow in Florida.